from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time here on the broadcast. Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora live for you Monday through Friday. Thank you so much for listening into the show. It is NFL Draft Day, which means for the first time ever, on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. That's right, folks. I've been doing this thing for 15 years, broadcasting and writing. And guess what? This is the first time we've ever done this. The mock draft for the 2018 NFL Draft. I am bringing you my mock draft, and not just me, but Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com, who always joins me for in-depth NFL and fantasy football conversation will be unveiling the mock draft with me as well. So we're going to have some fun this morning, play off of one another, and see where the draft takes us as the draft will officially jump off tonight for round one. And then we'll follow with round two and three on Friday, April 27th, and rounds four through seven on Saturday, April 28th. Also today is a very awesome and amazing opportunity that called Avengers Infinity War comes out today. So for our brother show, Super Powered Pop with DT and EB, which you can check out on superpoweredpop.com, that is going to be an exciting night as well. So the first night of the draft, Avengers Infinity War's first release to the general public. It's going to be an, an amazing day. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm going to be busy in the greatest of ways, so I can't wait for this. This is... This is my Christmas right here, and EctoCore said I'm so excited, and I just can't hide it. So we're excited that you are, and we're excited to get into the show. Let's jump off in the morning menu, and then let's get to the mock draft. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, we like to start off the show by giving you our menu of topics. The morning menu, that is, live now with the morning menu is Dan Tortora. The morning menu right here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. We're going to carry the NFL coverage throughout the morning for today. We're going to be doing this mock draft with Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. And I'm very excited about this first time ever opportunity on Wake Up Call for us to do our mock draft. I keep hearing what people have to say and what they're thinking and who's got this guy there and who's got this guy over there. And you know, folks, it's nice to read it and see what other people have to say. But as a source of your information straight to your household for free 24-7, for me it was time for the silence to be broken and to give my own thoughts on the 2018 mock draft. I said some things here and there, but this is a true feel for what I think is going to happen, and, and you know this obviously has to do, too, with what teams need. I think one team might draft something that they do not need right now, but we'll see where we go from there, 
And we're going to carry this through the first round. Then we're going to talk about what teams need in general. And we're going to go back and forth with Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame Fantasy Football.com. From there, folks, we will jump into at the end of the show through the looking glass, tape, taking a deeper look at a trending topic. And you can imagine what that is going to be. It's not going to be the draft, since we'll be talking about that the majority of the morning. It will be something else very special to today, and I'm excited about that. So, with that being said, very clear that the mock draft has come to Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. Mike Sofka and I are on the clock, and I'm happy to have him back on the show. Mike, how you doing today? Awesome. How you doing? I'm doing well. And, and Mike, first and foremost, just your excitement for nights like tonight, because I, I, I treat this like I'm an owner, like I'm a GM, I'm watching every single round. I am that guy that's watching, you know, rounds four through seven in front of my television, you know, the majority of the day. So just what you could say about your excitement for the draft. Are you like me? Are you glued to the television? Yeah, it's it's an exciting time because you're anticipating, you know, it's almost like a sporting event in general because you're anticipating the end result. You're, You're rooting for one guy over another. You're wanting one team to make a mistake, but another team to capitalize on that mistake. So it's almost like going to a game in that respect. I'm I'm excited because it, you know it's the in my mind it's kickoff of football season. This is we're heading in the right direction. Before you know it, we'll have uh, you know everybody will be practicing, everybody will be uh, doing preseason games, and then the season. So things are in the fast lane right now. It's an exciting day. Absolutely, and I'm really excited for what's going to come here and what we're doing today in the mock draft. So, you know, this is the first time we're unveiling a mock draft on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Have you ever done a mock draft yourself, Mike? No, I, I kind of play along at home. You know, I, I to me that wasn't always the big deal. The bigger deal was after a player landed. So this will be interesting. This will be a, a great exercise for me to expand some things in my brain as far as the game goes, as far as what a real NFL GM might be thinking, as far as, you know, trying to take my team and move it up to the next tier so I can maybe make the playoffs or maybe win a Super Bowl. So let's get into it here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. This is new for Mike and I, something special, something new for you on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. You know that I'm not one to sit here and read what other people have to say. I'm here to speak on our own and give you the information straight from the source here on Wake Up Call. So the number one pick in the 2018 NFL Draft is the Cleveland Browns. Surprise, surprise. The the team that came back in 1999 after seeing their old franchise become the Ravens and win a Super Bowl in 2000. The Cleveland Browns decided to, the Cleveland Browns came back into this thing and have really never returned since 1999. And they are here today to try and turn the tide. They've gotten guys in free agency, trades and whatnot. They've brought in Carlos Hyde, running back from San Francisco. They've brought in some help to their defense. They've also brought in Tyrod Taylor from the Buffalo Bills, Jarvis Landry from the Miami Dolphins, and really had to give up nothing to to bring in a guy like Jarvis Landry. So the Cleveland Browns have the number one pick. Mike, how do you want to do this? What works best for you? You want me to give you who I'm choosing? You want to go that way? Normally, I defer to you, but how do you want to do it today? Oh, I'm open. I, you know, I, I can uh, I can do whatever. We can, uh, you know, alternate picks. We can both pick. We can, uh, you know, just uh, you know what you know what I like the idea of alternating picks. Okay, right. uh, one of us take one team, one of us take the other. This way, we have to really react, much like they would in the NFL draft. 
Fair enough. So, with the number one pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select running back Saquon Barkley from Penn State. It's been back and forth, and will they take a quarterback? Won't they take a quarterback? If I'm the Cleveland Browns, the way that I see it is I can get Saquon Barkley and still get a quarterback at number four. Keep in mind, folks, they have the number one and the number four pick. I don't think Josh Allen is high with the Jets from everything I've been seeing, nor is he high with the Giants. So you can get Saquon Barkley, still get your guy Josh Allen, and you could go home happy having the number one running back and arguably the best player in the entire 2018 NFL draft and Saquon Barkley, and still get Josh Allen, who's on the radar, but still under the radar for some people. So with that being said, the Cleveland Browns, in my opinion, cannot pick a quarterback number one because it will totally mess up their system. Now, I could see them drafting Josh Allen number one, but that to me doesn't do anything to the Giants or the Jets because the Giants and the Jets don't want them as far as everything that I've seen. But they want Saquon Barkley in for the New York Giants, potentially. So if I'm Cleveland, I'm drafting Saquon. I'm taking the best player available. I'm saying, let's bring this guy in. Let's make it happen. Give me my playmaker. Give me my workhorse. Look at what Leonard Fournette did for the Jaguars. And then I'll go get my quarterback at number four. Thoughts, Mike? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think that's something that I – looked at from the outside. Everybody says they must take a quarterback at one. And looking from the outside, I have an even more devious plot in mind for the Cleveland Browns. I think they do go ahead and take a guy like Sam Darnold, and I think they go ahead and uh, at the fourth pick, because that's going to force the hand of the next two picks on quarterbacks. And I think they can come back and take a guy like a Bradley Chubb, then come back and trade back into the first round and still get a quarterback in Lamar Jackson later on. Interesting. Very interesting. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think Saquon Barkley is, it, to me, that is the best pick to take. The funny thing about the Giants and the conversation about the Giants is, okay, well, you know, they're, they're going to get, if, if Cleveland takes a quarterback, then the Giants are definitely going to get Saquon. It's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. Saquon has nobody to block for him. And I'm not saying that he's not a capable back, but there's no one in New York to block for Saquon Barkley. And with that being said, the conversation goes to why bring him in then? If, if I'm the Giants, the most important thing to me is to do something with my offensive and defensive line if I'm the Giants. I don't think they're ultimately going to do that, but Mike, we said we would go back and forth with picks. So the number pick, number two pick, pardon me, you're on the clock with the New York Giants. Who do you have? Oh, well, I would like to sit here and wait for the phone to ring, but I don't think that's going to happen on this pick. I think the Giants are ecstatic that Cleveland took Saquon Barkley, and they're going to go ahead and select Sam Darnold, quarterback from USC, with the second overall pick. I think that, um, you know, a, a lot of people feel like they're going to miss out if they don't take a, one of these once-in-a-lifetime guys like Saquon Barkley, but that's always not a, an option for all teams. Now, the Giants have several needs. They need an edge rusher. They need offensive linemen. They got to start thinking about the quarterback in the future. They definitely could use a running back. But you know what? I think it's too tough for them to pass up on a Sam Darnold. He might be their top option right now. And and now that Cleveland has chosen in our mock to take uh, Saquon Barkley, you know I think that the Giants are forced to go ahead and take their number one overall guy on their board, Sam Darnold. 
And I'm sticking with you on this one. I've said this for months, and I'll keep it with it again. I believe that the New York Giants are going to take Sam Darnold. I spoke with a Giants fan yesterday about this, and they said, oh, God, please, no, because they don't feel like that's where they need to go. But you know what? That is what they're going to take. The Giants are going to take Sam Darnold. He's going to be right there on the board for the taking after Saquon Barkley comes off. They will draft Sam Darnold, their quarterback of the future, to learn under Eli Manning. I could also see, just to make note of this, because there are there are some things that, that I have backup plans for, contingency plans, and I do see the Giants, if Cleveland was to take Josh Allen, which they shouldn't at one because he'll still be there at four, Saquon Barkley to the Giants or defensive end Bradley Chubb. I think the smartest move for the Giants is to take defensive end Bradley Bradley Chubb. But I think after Barkley's off the board, Sam Darnold, like Mike said, he's attractive. He's there. There's an opportunity. So they're going to take Sam Darnold. They're going to give him a couple years to learn under Eli Manning, and they're going to move forward when they need to instead of expecting him to jump in right away. Which lets Davis Webb know that his walking papers are all but certain right after being drafted himself. The number third pick of the first round here in the 2018 Wake Up Call Mock Draft with Dan Tortora and Mike Sofka. The number three overall pick to the New York Jets does not get affected by the number one or the number two. The New York Jets take their guy, quarterback Josh Rosen, UCLA. Somebody who said, I want somebody to take me who believes in me. Somebody who knows that I can play. Somebody who knows that I am capable. That's who I want to take me in this draft. I don't want somebody where I'm going to go be the number one overall pick and I play for four years. I want to go somewhere where someone trusts me for the next 15 years. That is the team. The New York Jets have no quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater hasn't played football in almost two years on the field, and they have nobody really to back them up. They just have serviceable guys. Josh Rosen is their hope at getting back on the front page of the New York Post. The Jets take quarterback Josh Rosen. Thoughts, Mike? Yeah, I think that's the obvious pick for the Jets there. The uh, I think it's almost a coin toss for the Jets between Rosen and Baker Mayfield. But at the same time, I've always felt uh, since, since I started paying attention to, to who's coming out and what's going on with the draft this year that Josh Rosen was a guy that looks like he's made for the big time in New York, comes from a big time program on the West Coast, uh, comes from money, comes from the ability to not – be overwhelmed by the big game. He has that aggressiveness and that cockiness, but not as much as Baker Mayfield, and I think that's what makes him even more attractive to the Jets. So they want a Joe Namath too, but they don't want all the off-field stuff that goes with it. So hopefully this will work out for the Jets, and they're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna be happy, I think, with Josh Rosen. Yeah. So the Jets take Josh Rosen. With the third overall pick of the draft, they move forward with their quarterback. Of, of all the teams that we talk about needing a quarterback, I, I, the funny thing is I think the ones that need it most are the Jets and the Arizona Cardinals, but the Arizona Cardinals are picking a little bit down here. The Cleveland Browns are back on the clock at number four, Mr. Mike Sofka. Who are they taking? Well, at this point, I, I would think they would wait a little bit and be patient and wait to the last minute and hold the phone gently by their ear waiting for some calls because there's going to be a lot of teams wanting to make some massive moves. You know, you got a team like uh, a Buffalo who'd love to move up and get a, a quarterback and has a lot of picks to trade, but I think it's in the best interest of the Browns to put the second half of this equation, like I said before, together and go 
go ahead and draft Bradley Chubb, the edge rusher defensive end out of North Carolina State. This is a guy who I think is going to make a big difference. This is what Houston, the Texans, were looking to do with J.J. Watt and Jadavion Clowney, having one guy on each side. But unfortunately for Houston, neither one of those guys has stayed very healthy so the two of them could be on the field for an extended period of time. Can you imagine what this does to the Cleveland defense? You got Miles Garrett on one side and Bradley Chubb on the other. This is an excellent pick for Cleveland, and I think they're going to really be on the rebound here once they select Bradley Chubb at number four. Yeah, and this is this is one that I, I fight with here in, in who should be selected by the Browns in this one. You say Bradley Chubb, and I can see this happening. I think it's the safest bet, and I might have had this conversation with you before, Mike, here on the air. I believe we did. That the safety for me is for the Cleveland Browns to draft Saquon Barkley first and then draft Bradley Chubb fourth. But they didn't get their quarterback at number one. They like Josh Allen from what I'm seeing They don't want to let this go. Tyrod Taylor is a serviceable guy who doesn't turn the ball over, but he's not that guy that's going to take you to the Super Bowl. And this team wants to get to the Super Bowl. So they're looking at this opportunity to say, we're going to trust in a guy that we think's got it. He might not have the full package to some people that are scouting him and whatnot, but we believe he could be something special. We believe he could be our splash. We're drafting quarterback Josh Allen because we know he's going to be on the board because the Giants aren't going to – they're going to be savoring, just loving, saliva everywhere, just just feasting on Sam Darnold. When they see him at number two – They can't help but take them. The Jets just kind of laugh their way to Josh Rosen, and the Cleveland Browns say, all right, Josh Allen, you're coming off the board. Although, I am not against, nor do I think it's out of the realm of possibility that Bradley Chubb ends up getting drafted. If I'm Cleveland, in all honesty, like I said, contingency plan, I draft Saquon Barkley first, I draft Bradley Chubb fourth, I help my offense, I help my defense. I think Cleveland's too excited about quarterbacks. And two, I just feel like with the first and the fourth pick, they might roll with the quarterback, but I would love to see them take Bradley Chubb. The fifth overall pick, which goes back here to the it goes to the Denver Broncos. This is where I have it, Mike. Because hold the Cleveland. Hold, hold on, Dan. Hold on, Dan. The phone's ringing. Hold oh, okay. On. Yeah, see, see what we got here. All right. Yeah, okay. Right. No, I, I was considering moving down here. Hold on, let me ask the GM. Dan. Yes. Listen. Yeah. This is something else here. I think you're going to want to listen to this. I think Buffalo is willing to trade up here. I think they're going to give us the 12, the 22. That's two first-round picks this year. They're going to give us the 53 and the 65. That's two second-round picks to move up to this pick right here. What say you? Do you trade or do you pick with the Denver Broncos? They're going to give us two first-round picks and two second-round picks in this year's draft? Yep. Well, listen, being in this office with John Elway, we know that we're all about building for the future. We're not trying to make one splash. We're trying to make many. We'll accept that trade from the Buffalo Bills, and we will take your 12th pick, your 22nd pick, and we will also take your two second-rounders. That is a great deal for us. And we know that you're coming up to get your quarterback. All right. So with that, Buffalo is going to go ahead and take Baker Mayfield. And I, I think Baker Mayfield is a great pick here. I like his aggressiveness. I like his cockiness. I like the 
Uh, I, I, I'm not a fan of all the on-field stuff that he has done, but a Baker Mayfield is a guy that I think I consider to be a guy that's a leader. This is a guy that can make things happen. This is a guy that can lead your team. This is a guy that I think when 10 guys are in a huddle, they're looking at this guy as a John Elway type guy. So it's ironic that the trade is with Denver, but I like Baker Mayfield here. Yeah, you know what? This is the funny thing about it is that I'll give you both sides of this thing. If Denver keeps the pick, I think that they would take defensive end Bradley Chubb if the Cleveland Browns pass on him, because I can't see the Broncos passing on a big-bodied, capable guy like Bradley Chubb when you know that John Gruden's going to come to that Raiders team and bring you that fire and that fury from that defense. So it's going to be a little bit of a different world with John Gruden over there. We know the San Diego Chargers don't really play too much defense, and we know Kansas City's gotten better. So if Denver keeps the pick, it's defensive end Bradley Chubb. But like I said, always have a contingency plan. If, if happens what Mike says, and if that phone call comes in tonight, the Denver Broncos trading with the Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Bills will take Baker Mayfield as their quarterback, knowing that Darnold, Rosen, and Allen are off the clock. Lamar Jackson's not getting chosen by the Bills. Simply put, why would the Bills take a running quarterback when they just let a running back, a running quarterback go for basically peanuts? I don't see the Bills taking... Anybody other than Baker Mayfield, if they trade into this position, they will be going in that direction. So, to get back on pace here, the number six pick overall by the Indianapolis Colts, there's only one player that I believe they should draft here, and he's arguably one of the best in the draft, if not the best in the draft as well. There's only one choice for the Colts. Mike, let's see if we chose the same. What do you got? Yeah, I think they're going to have to go defense. I think they're going to have to end up taking the linebacker. And I, I like Roquan Smith here at six. There is a chance they move down, but, but I think they could use, you know, you would think they would have taken Bradley Chubb had he been available, thinking he may still drop. And that was the guy that was most tied to the Colts because they need an edge rusher bad too. But they definitely need some defensive help. They need help all over the place in Indianapolis. But Roquan Smith from Georgia seems to be the guy that they're going to start to build the rest of their defense around so you are going with Roquan Smith here with the six overall pick the linebacker for this Indianapolis Colts team at sixth overall I am going in the other direction I'm saying that the Indianapolis Colts have to protect their quarterback be it Andrew Luck or whoever it's going to be they have to make sure that they are protecting their man under center something that I feel like the Colts haven't done in a long time the Colts are taking Notre Dame offensive guard Quentin Nelson in my opinion at this pick because they have to protect their guy and they've done a terrible job at protecting their guy up to this point so with that being said Quentin Nelson is the guy that they take I spoke with Brian Kelly about him this week and Brian Kelly had nothing but great things to say about a man who can come in and help you right away Quentin Nelson goes to the Colts in my opinion Mike says Roquan Smith we will come back in just a moment with the seventh overall pick Tampa Bay you're on the clock and could they be taking somebody who has a connection to Jameis Winston? This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. 
Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrySigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrySigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrySigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513 or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name. So give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell him your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Back here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash DT During the break here, you heard a few seconds before we came back on the line. That's because Mike and I were discussing the Cleveland Browns off the clock in our war room, and Mike said something. He has a newfound respect for Cleveland. Dare I say that I second him and say that I think Cleveland might be heading into their best season of decision-making yet since coming back in 1999. Mike and I both could be on heavy drugs. Or we could be on bath salts, Mike, or we could actually know what we're talking about. I think that we know what we're talking about, and most people would think we're insane, but if you've seen the Cleveland Browns and the moves that they've made to bring in help to their secondary, their backfield, their quarterback situation, their wide receiver, the moves that the Cleveland Browns have made, if they had no draft picks, I would think highly of this season. And somehow they made all these moves and still kept their picks in the first, second, third round, They're going to have plenty of picks, plenty of things coming up. 
So Cleveland didn't have to give away the house. They didn't have to give away their draft picks. They have high draft picks, two in the top four that we spoke about, and Jarvis Landry and Carlos Hyde and help to their defense and Tyrod Taylor. The Cleveland Browns look like the smartest team in the NFL right now heading into the draft, and I know that people might have literally just driven off the road. I hope you didn't. Dropped their mic, passed into a coma, something of that sort. I hope everybody's okay. But the truth of the matter is, Mike, the Cleveland Browns have made some of the best decisions that I have seen them ever make, and collectively, I think it's their best offseason since they came back. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see how this all shakes out. I mean, they got some speed. They've acquired some pieces here. I mean, you look at the receivers and Corey Coleman, Josh Gordon, Jarvis Landry. Uh, you know, I know Josh Gordon was out for a while, but he came back and looked like a number one receiver. Corey Coleman's capable of being a number one receiver when he's not injured. And Jarvis Landry is arguably a number one receiver. He's only led the league in receptions the past several years. They got some pieces on offense. They're getting that quarterback. They're, they're, they're going to get a running back. They're going to get an edge rusher. It's just a matter of where in a draft they take them. And so far, the only thing they're missing right now, according to our draft, is that quarterback of the future. But I think Tyrod Taylor is serviceable with the pieces they put around him. Yeah, and like you said, you have Bradley Chubb, which I could totally understand them taking. And in my opinion, I think they're going to go with Josh Allen at that number four pick. But like I said, Saquon Barkley, Bradley Chubb, safest bet. Saquon Barkley, Josh Allen, roll the dice a little bit, but you cannot, listen to me, Cleveland, you cannot take a quarterback with the number one pick in the NFL draft this year. You cannot take a quarterback. Take the best offensive player available. Saquon Barkley is there. Do not hesitate. Do not wait. And to the New York Giants, if you take Saquon Barkley, again, you have nobody to block for him. You have nobody to block for him. Just remember that, and just understand that you're going to get this phenomenal running back, and you're going to, and fans are going to get really pissed off because things aren't going to be moving the way that you want them to. So I think Cleveland's got to take Saquon. We're at the seventh overall pick, Mike, and we are getting back on pace here. I am saying that with the seventh overall pick, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select safety Derwin James, and they take the Florida State product, and they say. Jameis Winston, Derwin James, playing in Tampa, selling tickets, makes a lot of sense. From Tallahassee to Tampa, they believe in Jameis Winston in Tampa Bay, and they believe that Derwin James will be on the other side of him in practice. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers will select safety Derwin James with the seventh overall pick. Thoughts, Mike? Yeah, they have to. I mean, Tampa was 32nd in yards on defense, pass defense, third down defense, and sacks. That means they were dead last in just about every major defensive category. This guy is special on the back end. He's going to be a big-time contributor, and I think this is just going to add the pieces to the puzzle that Tampa's missing to keep them in games so that that offense can get clicking in Tampa. I think it's an excellent pick, Derwin James. Derwin James going 7th overall to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, bringing more Florida State down south. The 8th overall pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select who? This is already going to be different for Mike and I because he already called the name of somebody that I had, but who's Chicago? To, and is the phone ringing again, Mike? Yeah, the phone's ringing again. Hang on, hang on, let me get it. Yep, yeah. okay. 
Wow, that sounds good. No, we're going to have to do that. Absolutely. Arizona has just called the Chicago Bears because they can't believe a quarterback has fallen this far. And they have a stopgap at quarterback, of course. So what Arizona's going to do is they're going to trade this year's first and next year's first picks, first-round picks each round for, for this first-round pick. And they're going to include the second-round pick that Arizona has, number 47 overall. This is something that Chicago can't pass up because there's a quarterback falling into their lap here at number eight. And with the number eight pick, the Arizona Cardinals are going to take quarterback Josh Allen out of Wyoming. The big-handed passer, the guy that plays with a chip on his shoulder, the guy that always wants to prove everyone wrong. Since he was coming out of high school with not many uh, offers, he wants to prove everybody wrong. He wants to decimate everybody on the other side of the field. So with that in mind, I think Arizona is getting a winner. They definitely have some offensive weapons in Arizona to go with him immediately. And he can sit back and learn behind a Bradford. But let's face it, with Bradford's health, he'll be playing by week seven. Mike Sofka is saying that Josh Allen going number eighth overall in a trade with the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears trading away their pick. And like Mike said, Chicago Bears trading away the pick to Arizona. Arizona giving up this year's first round and next year's first round pick and this year's second round pick in the 40s. And that all going to Chicago for Arizona to get Josh Allen. You know, Mike, I got to be honest with you. If this was to happen, that would be a phenomenal pick. If the Browns indeed take Bradley Chubb at number four and Josh Allen arguably could fall to this point. If I'm Arizona who needs a quarterback, then I'm taking Josh Allen. If this is the situation, we're giving you multiple multi-layered pieces of this mock draft. If this is to happen, because we want to prepare you as best we can. If there is a trade with the Cardinals, then the Cardinals could select Josh Allen in this in in the in the scheming that Mike has here in his plan. This makes perfect sense. I think the Chicago Bears keep the pick, don't answer the phone, and they say, "Guess what? We haven't had a strong linebacker since Brian Urlacher. We haven't had anything to talk about defensively. We've been a laughing stock here, Soldier Field. This entire city has been waiting, yearning, demanding." better. People used to be afraid of coming to Soldier Field, afraid of coming there in the snow, in the cold weather, to go up against our big body guys. Nobody liked coming to Chicago before. Now they come to Chicago and they're not worried about us. They don't feel that there's anything to be concerned with because we're just the Chicago Bears. We're just the fourth best team in a division of four. Well, guess what, folks? We are drafting linebacker Raquan Smith and saying that those days are over, we're heading back to the days of when we were strong, when we were vibrant, and when we were a pain in the butt to play. In my opinion, Chicago keeps the pick, they draft Raquan Smith, and they tell the world that our defense is on its way back. Mike says a trade with the Cardinals for quarterback Josh Allen. I say Chicago keeps it and goes to the defensive side of the ball. The number ninth overall pick goes to the San Francisco 49ers, 
And you know that Kyle Shanahan has done a lot of things with that offense. And they've got some young running backs that I don't think they're ready to give up on. They want to see what's going to come out of these guys when they're all healthy and they're all there on the field. They have their Jimmy Garoppolo, quarterback of the future, hopeful dynasty quarterback. They have their wide receivers. I think that they could go for a wide receiver, but they're not going to do it in the top 10. They're looking defensively. They brought in a guy like Richard Sherman on one side, and guess what they want to do with this one? Have a very versatile secondary player who can play corner and safety. The San Francisco 49ers select with the ninth overall pick. Minka Fitzpatrick to their team. Thoughts, Mike? Yeah, no, that's exactly the direction I would have went in. And I think San Fran is building something special out on the left coast there. Uh, You know, Cleveland is uh, building for the future. San Fran is on the same course. I think they're cleaning house. I think they're redirecting traffic. I think they're getting on board with bringing in some some talented guys. You got Garoppolo. And now this just locks down the other side of the corner on defense. And anytime you can get a guy with the versatility to play safety or cornerback in today's NFL, he can make an immediate impact, even if he's slow on the uptake. But he's an athlete. I don't think there's much scheming involved just covering a guy. So he can play corner. He can play safety. And when these teams try to play these mismatches and, uh, you know, try to trick up the nickel and the dime defenses, it's like having a third corner on the field at all times when you have a guy as versatile as Mika Patrick. Excellent pick by the Niners there. And that comes from the both of us, Mike and I agreeing. Minka Fitzpatrick, number nine overall in this 2018 mock draft here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora with, of course, myself, Dan Tortora, and Mike Sofka from Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. The 10th overall pick, and to round out our top 10, the Oakland Raiders and John Gruden are on the clock. Mike, who do they select? Yeah, this is a tough one because there's a lot of holes in Oakland still. They could use a linebacker, a cornerback, a safety, an offensive tackle, a defensive tackle. They have a lot of needs. But I think their best bet is to put another piece to the puzzle here on an offensive lineman who's getting old. And I I don't mean any disrespect. Donald Penn has done an outstanding job. He's going to be 35 by the end of the month. He's coming off the Liz Frank injury, and, you know, he, he might not even be ready for a couple months yet. So this is a huge concern. So I think the Oakland Raiders' hand is forced to take offensive tackle Mike McClinchy at a Notre Dame, but he happens to be the top tackle in the class. So it's not like they're being held at gunpoint. This is an excellent pick for them, and this is the right pick for them. You know, they also have a huge hole at right tackle. So, I mean, this is just going to work out even when Penn does come back from that Liz Frank. Mike saying with the 10th overall pick, the Oakland Raiders selecting Mike McGlinchey from, for, for this pick to Tom, John Gruden's, pardon me, having a moment. John Gruden, there's so much going on with the draft here, I'm going crazy. John Gruden taking an offensive tackle. Mike, it's funny because you and I agree on the position. We agree on the position. So if we were in the war room right now, I think that, the Raiders need an offensive tackle. You think the Raiders need an offensive tackle. I went back and forth with Mike McGlinchey, but ultimately I chose for the Oakland Raiders to take offensive tackle Orlando Brown off the board. And Mike will fall a little bit. He will be drafted in the first round in my draft, but he's going to fall here because there's teams that have other needs. Orlando Brown is my pick. Mike's is Mike McGlinchey. Either way, we agree 
that the Oakland Raiders need help in running the ball and protecting their quarterback for the future. So, offensive tackle-wise, Mike, even though we have different guys, what are your thoughts on this? Because we both agree that this is a glaring issue that the Raiders have, that they haven't been able. They've had Latavius Murray and Marshawn Lynch and so on and so forth and have struggled to run the football. So this is something that they need at this point as they move forward. Yeah, you know, I, I think there's a couple other guys out there, too. I mean, a Colton Miller out of UCLA, a, a Garon Christian out of Louisville. Uh, you know, th- th- there's just a wealth of, of tackles out there, but I think the wealth of elite tackles is very small. I would argue that Orlando Brown could be part of that unit, but just on a personal note, I like Michael Glitchy at a Notre Dame better. I think he's the best tackle in the draft. That coming from Mike Sofka as we continue on here in our mock draft on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. My thoughts on number 11th, the Miami Dolphins. This was a tough pick for me. This was tough for me because it was who was going to be left on the board. And I toyed with the Miami Dolphins taking a quarterback. I looked at it because Ryan Tannehill coming off an ACL injury, not playing all last season, but Miami's been cleaning house like crazy. They've been getting rid of all their offensive players. They've gotten rid of Jay Ajayi, who just won a Super Bowl. They got rid of Jarvis Landry, who's going to do great things in Cleveland. Ryan Tannehill, they don't know what's going to happen. So I can't see them spending a high pick on an offensive player when they value them so little. With the 11th overall pick of the 2018 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select outside linebacker Tremaine Edmonds. Thoughts, Mike? Oh, I like the pick a lot. I mean, you know that's a lot of value there for them. He's gonna he's gonna be able to help them. He's gonna be, you know, um, almost like the quarterback on the other side of the ball here. You know, there's a lot of needs in Miami. I mean, Miami could use a, a defensive lineman, a linebacker, a quarterback, a tight end, a, a cornerback. They 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 need a lot of help as well. But you know, this is almost like a dream come true. Tremaine Edmonds drop right to him here. He had a tremendous career at Virginia Tech. The only other guy I could see them taking here would be a Roquan Smith, but I don't think he's going to fall that far. So Tremaine, uh, you know, is going to be an excellent fit in Miami. Yeah, and that going Tremaine Edmonds heading to the Miami Dolphins. Mike and I in agreement with the 11th overall pick here in the Wake Up Call mock draft, bringing you into the 2018 NFL Draft. The 12th overall pick, I still have the Buffalo Bills on my clock. Mike has changed this because they traded up to take that Broncos pick at number 5, which means that the Broncos are picking 12th and 22nd here in the first round. Because we want to get you prepared for anything, Mike and I will both give you our thoughts on the 12th pick from either angle. So, Mike, let's start with yours. If the 12th pick becomes the pick of the Broncos, who do they take? And then secondly, if the Bills are to keep it, who do they take? Let's prepare people for both scenarios. You're on the clock, number 12. Yeah, I'd be waiting for the phone to ring again here because I might want to trade back down yet again and pick up some more pieces because I think there's a wealth of talent in this draft that can help Denver, you know, long-term and short-term. I mean, Denver has a lot of needs, like we talked about before. You know, obviously, they think they have their quarterback right now in Case Keenum, and that's the way they're going to play their hand in this draft. They need a cornerback. They need an edge rusher. They need an offensive lineman. They need a tight end. They need a wide receiver. They need help all over the place. But, you know, the thing about 
uh, Denver and John Elway is they're not afraid to make moves. They're not afraid to, to make something happen here. And they're waiting patiently for the phone to ring. Unfortunately, I don't think that phone's going to ring. And with that in mind, I think they're going to have to go with a, another piece of the puzzle that's maybe a lot of people aren't thinking about. You know, there's guys out there that are, are in the defensive secondary that haven't made the big splash of a, of a, of a Derwin James, of a, of a guy that, you know, might be able to, uh, you know, immediately make the front page of the New York Times or something there. You know, a, a Derwin James is a marketable name. A Minka Fitzpatrick is a marketable name. Well, I'm going to give you another marketable name, and they're going to bring this guy to Denver, and his name is Denzel Ward, and he's a quarterback out of Ohio State, and I think he'll shore up some of that defense there that they have problems with in Denver. Denzel Ward, the cornerback out of Ohio State. So Denzel Ward, quarterback, or pardon me, cornerback out of Ohio State going to the Denver Broncos if the Bills trade this pick to the Broncos for the sixth overall pick. If this trade was to go down and the Bills were were to trade this with the Broncos and the Broncos would be picking here at number 12, Mike says cornerback Denzel Ward. I look at this and I say, if this is the scenario that the Broncos go outside linebacker Harold Landry with this pick, Harold Landry being taken by the Denver Broncos saying, I can't believe he fell all the way to number 12 to us. This guy's got talent. He has ability. You look at guys like Bradley Chubb inside the ACC. Well, I've been covering Harold Landry since before he even ended up in Boston College when he was in high school. This man is going to be a phenom. And I think that the Denver Broncos are going to take him a little bit earlier than maybe some people thought and make some people question what's going on. What did Denver know that we didn't know? And the truth of the matter is this man is a bruiser. He is going to make life exciting. And if there's Denver cold, it doesn't matter. This man played in Boston College. So if the Bills trade this pick to the Broncos and the Broncos are choosing 12th overall, Mike says cornerback Denzel Ward. I say outside linebacker Harold Landry. If the Bills keep the pick at number 12, Mike, who are they taking? Yeah, well, the Bills have a lot of holes still, don't forget. I mean, you know, we talked about that when they when they moved up before. The Bills need help everywhere. You know, they don't need help as bad as Miami, but they do need a quarterback, which I think they addressed earlier. They do need an offensive lineman. They do need a wide receiver. They need a safety. They need a linebacker. They need guys that are going to be different make difference makers right away. So I think that if they are gonna if they are gonna explore taking a guy that could be a difference maker, I think they might make a stretch here. And I think the stretch is the Josh Jackson out of Iowa cornerback. I think Josh Jackson has excellent cover skills. I think he's the ball hawker. I think it's hard to get past him. And cornerbacks that can cover, that can be a man on an island by themselves and not have to be worried about or cut off half the field. And, and, and take that away from the other team. I think that's a guy in Josh Jackson out of Iowa. So Mike says if the Bills keep the 12th overall pick and do not trade with the Broncos, that they will select cornerback Josh Jackson. I think, and, and people are not going to believe he's still on the board, but it happened to Johnny Manziel and it could happen to this man. With the 12th overall pick, the Buffalo Bills, in my opinion, select 
Baker Mayfield, if they keep this pick. Baker Mayfield falling outside of the top 10. I have Sam Darnold going second, Josh Rosen going third, Josh Allen going fourth, and then Baker Mayfield falling to the Bills. I toyed around with this. The Miami Dolphins could be jerks and say, hey, Bills, we know that you want a quarterback, and we might need a quarterback, and we play in the same division of the AFC East. You need one more than we do. We might take your guy unless you trade with us. So Miami's in an interesting position at number 11 if Baker Mayfield is still on the board and the Buffalo Bills are picking at 12. If the Dolphins decide to go defensively with Tremaine Edmonds, then Baker Mayfield falls to the Bills. But like I said, they could be jerks about it. They could say, we know you want your quarterback. Trade with us for this and give us some other stuff in the rest of the draft. We'll make you number 11, and we'll still get Tremaine Edmonds at number 12. So I could see Miami making this interesting, but make Baker Mayfield could fall to number 12 to the Buffalo Bills, who don't forget, everybody is writing this guy off. A.J. McCarron was a serviceable backup behind Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Andy Dalton, and people want to already say he's going to be nothing. He signed a two-year contract with the Bills, and people are already looking to the future. Well, the Bills might be having a contingency plan. They didn't spend a lot of money on A.J. McCarron, and they didn't spend a lot of years on A.J. McCarron, which is why I think if Buffalo keeps his pick, they get Baker Mayfield. But don't turn your back on a on a guy like A.J. McCarron just yet. With the 13th overall pick, the Washington Redskins will select defensive tackle Vita Vea onto their team. They need help on defense. Fourth best team in the NFC East. The Washington Redskins have talent. They have speed. They just brought in Alex Smith. They got running backs like Samaje Prime that are going to go out there and do what they need to do. They have a couple tight ends that they can lean on. So the Washington Redskins say, what don't we have? It's defense, and Vita Vea is sitting there for us. We're bringing him in defensive tackle to help us on the interior of our defensive line to get after the quarterback and make things interesting. We need to have something against Philadelphia. We need to be able to attack. Vita Vea is the guy that we choose. Thoughts, Mike? Yeah, this is an excellent pick. However, I want to make one small correction, and I hope that the the commissioner makes this type of announcement when he goes up to announce this pick. You have to announce the guy's full name. You can't just announce his nickname. And his full name is Tavita Tuiliokona Tulipolotio Museo Vahahi Faletau Vea. Now, I'm sure I've mispronounced that and butchered that to death. <laughs> However, I want to see the commissioner spit that one out tonight. Vita Vea is a 6'5", 340-pound stout guy in the middle is just what the Washington Redskins need. They were decimated against a run last year. Vita Vea can stop the run. This is a guy, he's a big plug. If he can't make the tackle or get the penetration, he can tie up a couple linemen so the linebackers are free to do their job. So this is a guy who's constantly going to take a double team over the middle. He's going to play a lot right over the center, right over the guard as well. So this is an excellent opportunity for Washington to get their defense back on track and stop the run. So Mike and I are in agreement. The 13th overall picks, Washington Redskins taking defensive tackle Vita Vea, whose full name, like Mike said, is Tavita Tulia Kiono Tuipulato Mosese Vahale Faletau Vea. And yes, I hope Roger Goodell says his name 
I hope he says it. I hope he takes some time on it. And I hope Davida Vea refuses to come on stage until he hears his full name, his birth name from Roger Goodell. So Roger Goodell, I mean, Roger Goodell's done a lot of stuff. Let's think about it like this, Roger. It's not going to be as difficult as having to deal with Jerry Jones for an entire season trying to suspend Ezekiel Elliott. So just say the name, have some fun with it, and let's move on. Vita Vea, we are in agreement, number 13th overall. We have a Detroit fan that is writing numerous statements that Vita Vea is not going to Washington. He's going to Detroit, and I don't think Vita Vea is going to go all the way down to 20. Let's address this, Mike. Do you see Vita Vea falling all the way to 20th? I don't see that happening. No, he's a, he's, he's a big man. He um, He's fast. Um you know he's a run stopper. He's proved himself. If you watch tape on this guy, you know he he's he, he's just the whole time he's played college football at the University of Washington. He's been a guy that just jumps off the film. He's been a guy that can stop the run. He's a guy that demands your respect. You gotta know which gap he's in. You gotta double team this guy. And if you don't, he, it's gonna be carnage. It's gonna be wreckage. This is a, a, an Indicong Sioux. This is a guy with a big motor. This is a, a, a McCoy from Tampa. This is a guy who's going to be on the field for every play. He's not a specialist. He's your every down lineman. Yeah, Vita Vea coming to the team, you know, and, and, the, and the Detroit fan is saying, no, come on. I wrote back, he will not fall this far. You would have to trade up. You have to trade up if you want to get a guy like Vita Vea onto your team. And as we move forward here with the 14th overall pick, we head back to the war room that's led by Mike Sofka. And who did the Green Bay Packers take, in your opinion? I got a feeling we may be on the same page, we may not be on the same page. The Green Bay Packers, who are they taking at number 14th overall? Well, cornerbacks are hard to come by, and Green Bay definitely has a need there. This is a team in Green Bay that can use a cornerback, a tackle, a wide receiver, an outside or inside linebacker. But at this point, you got to go with the best player on the board. A lot of guys are talking about Alexander out of Louisville at cornerback. We've already had Josh Jackson and Denzel Ward jump off the board here. And I think the, 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 the cornerback position stays hot here. And I think they may stretch a little, but I think it's going to pay off in the long run. And I think Green Bay Packers are going to select Mike Hughes, cornerback, out of Central Florida. This is a guy who's covered some of the best guys in the business. Don't forget, University of Central Florida had a, a championship year. I know they didn't make it to the BCS championship or the playoff championship or whatever they're calling it nowadays, but they had an undefeated season. They beat Auburn. Uh, they could beat Alabama, I think. I know people are jumping through the radio and the computer right now, but Mike Hughes had to cover guys that, uh, the, uh, and the name's escaping me, the, the top receiver out of Maryland. He had to cover guys from Auburn. He's already played in the NFL's junior division, which is called the SEC. He's covered those guys. He has the speed. He has the recovery speed. He has the hops. He has the hands. And he's a big reason why the University of Central Florida had a powerful year this year. So the Green Bay Packers take Mike Hughes, cornerback, out of Central Florida. And this was one that I fought with, Mike. And like I said, we might have been on the same page with one another. This was a very, 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 very difficult decision for me to make. And Mike Hughes makes total sense here. I'm not going to disagree with your pick by any stretch of the imagination. 
that Mike Hughes could be the guy coming out of Central Florida and heading to the Green Bay Packers because you don't when you think of Green Bay you don't think of secondary you don't think of corners at least not in the here and now in recent history Mike Hughes would be a nice pickup for the Green Bay Packers it would be a nice move by them to take a guy out of the American Athletic which I still believe is underappreciated and underrepresented underrespected I should say I should say underrepresented the represented very well but in the media maybe underrepresented I try to do what I can Mike Hughes would make a lot of sense here I think that if the Bills Broncos thing doesn't happen then I go back to the pick that I have at number 14 and that is to address another issue on defense that the Packers have not become known for in recent history as well and that is to get a linebacker and draft Harold Landry from Boston College keep him in the north and just move him a little bit to the west and bring him into Green Bay Wisconsin either one of these picks makes sense to me outside linebacker Harold Landry seems like a guy that could put out that Green Bay green and be playing for the next Jesus knows decade decade plus 14 year veteran this guy could be somebody that's around for a long time and and give you that feeling of someone that can attack the quarterback off the edge if, if need be like a Reggie White and give you some help but Mike Hughes makes sense too Green Bay Packers I'm not gonna I'm not gonna in any stretch of the imagination say that I don't see Mike Hughes potentially sneaking in here but I think if Harold Landry drops we look at the Green Bay Packers and say what are they known for typically defense and this could be a pick that they could get after the number 15th overall pick by the Arizona Cardinals if they keep this pick remember in Mike's world they have traded to Chicago and we're going to play both sides of the coin here so I will give you if they keep the pick first and Mike will respond and then we'll hit if Chicago has a pick the 15th overall pick if he's fallen here right in the middle of the first round makes perfect sense because I don't feel like people are going to draft him in the top five. I don't feel like people are going to draft him in the top ten. There's still some questions out there, but this guy is extremely athletic. It's been said numerous times, I do not want him in my division. So why not draft him? I don't want to see this guy two times a year at all. No way, no how. We talk about what about a guy coming onto a team where they would change the offense for him? Well, this team does not have a quarterback who you're going to build around, does not have a quarterback whose offense you're going to create for because you can't expect him to be on the field 100% of the time. They have newness in this place. Their head coach retired. Their top quarterback retired, which leaves this team prime, open, and ready to change their offensive scheme around a guy who they could build a future around and become something special in a division that is ripe for the taking. The Arizona Cardinals at number 15 overall select to keep him in white and red. Quarterback, Lamar Jackson, Louisville Cardinals. Thoughts, Mike? Yeah, well, that's an obvious pick there for them. I, I know that there's some other teams that want to move up and think he can drop a little further in Lamar Jackson. There's teams right behind this pick, like Baltimore, who would love that to happen. There's a team like the New England Patriots who are trying to combine their back-end picks in the first round to move up a little bit, maybe. Because let's face it, Tom Brady's getting older I know he's going to play until he's 140 with the TB12 program, but I don't think Belichick is down with that. So I think Belichick secretly likes Lamar Jackson. I think they have it put out there that they're in love with any one quarterback because they don't want to taint their ability to move up and impede that progress. But the bottom line is, is that would be an excellent pick. Now, I, on the other hand, have this going the other way. 
I have Chicago with this pick. And this is the brilliance of that trade that Chicago made with Arizona to move down. Because they're still going to get their guy, <laughs> even though they moved down. You know, they everybody has their eye on Bradley Chubb, but Chicago desperately needs an edge rusher. And the guy that they're going to take is the guy that's the 1A to a Bradley Chubb, the guy nobody talks about because nobody knows about this guy. And I'm talking about Marcus Davenport, the defensive end, the edge rusher out of Texas, San Antonio, a small school. This is a guy that can make the difference. The Bears are not only getting a high upside prospect here, but they're filling their biggest need. They have no viable edge rushers outside of Leonard Floyd. So, you know, that, that, that's got to change when you have a division with Aaron Matthew, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, and, and now Kirk Cousins. So this is, a, this is a unique situation for them. I think they're going to be um, happy with the upside and long-term potential of a Marcus Davenport defensive end out of Texas San Antonio. So, if, if Chicago is to have this pick and they trade with the Cardinals down, Mike believes that they're going to the edge rusher side of things. Mike, if they keep this pick, if Arizona keeps it, I think Lamar Jackson. What do you think if Arizona still has the pick? Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense for them to take Lamar Jackson. I think he's the best available player at his position at that point in the draft. You could take a chance and go deep on a Mason Michael Vick actually came out and said, at this point in his career, Lamar Jackson is better than I was. So that cannot go understated by any stretch of the imagination. The Chicago Bears in the offseason have picked up a linebacker, a corner, or a couple corners that they brought in here, Kyle Fuller and Prince Amukamara. So I'm going to agree with Mike on this one. I'm going to say if the pick is traded then Mar- and the Cardinals give this pick up at number 15th overall to the Chicago Bears. Chicago taking a guy like Marcus Davenport, I can agree with that. Reason being is that Chicago hasn't done anything to bring in any defensive linemen. They brought in quarterback Chase Daniel. They brought in wide receivers Taylor Gabriel and Allen Robinson. They brought in Cody Parkey, kicker coming to them, You know who's obviously done a lot of great things in the here and now. And then Trey Burton, tight end, who threw the touchdown pass to Nick Foles, that was a big part of the separation in the game. Prince Amukamara's got another chance as a corner. Sam Macho is coming in on a two-year deal at the linebacker position. So I'm going to agree with Mike. If they've gotten corners and they've gotten linebackers, we know that they have two running backs. they got a bunch of receivers now. And Mitch Trubisky was a top-three pick for them last year, so they know you know that they're going to use them. The most important place to go from here is offensive or defensive line. And for the Chicago Bears to say, guess what? Let's take a defensive lineman and let's put him in there and let's get around the edge and let's try and create some fury and some fire against Matt Stafford, Kirk Cousins, and Aaron Rodgers. I could see that happening. So 
If the Arizona Cardinals keep the pick at number 15, Mike and I agree that quarterback Lamar Jackson will stay in white and red. If the Cardinals trade the pick with the Chicago Bears, the Bears will select, Mike and I agree, defensive end Marcus Davenport going on to the team from Texas, San Antonio. The 16th overall pick, Mike. The Baltimore Ravens can do a lot of things here. I made a splash defensively, and I might have put a guy higher than some other people would put him, but I'm interested and I'm intrigued to see where you're going with the number 16th overall pick to the Baltimore Ravens. Well, I don't know if a lot of people are aware of this, but there's a rumor that Des Bryant turned down Baltimore's offer to him. And if you look at the Baltimore Ravens wide receiver crew, they got a lot of what I call also-rans. They got a lot of number twos and a lot of number threes. They got a Michael Crabtree, a Willie Sneed now, a John Brown, a Brashad Perryman who has yet to pan out. These are also Ram players. They need a playmaker. They need a wide receiver. And what better than a hometown hero? And let me explain how I came to this pick here. There's a, there's a little-known stat. you got to really search hard for this. A guy named Raymond Summerlin came up with this. He devised a metric to measure a prospect's explosiveness. Essentially, how well he runs and jumps for his size. And the formula is simple. You add a player's height, a player's weight, their vertical jump, and their broad jump. Then you divide out his 40-yard dash time. And that result is what they call the adjusted explosive index. Now, the returns on this since 99 have been astounding. Only 10 receivers have topped a score of 106.0, 106 on the scale. And when you hit that mark, you're in the same company as guys like Calvin Johnson. Andre Johnson, Julio Jones, Vincent Jackson, Chris Chambers, Dante Markreef, Chris Conley. These are guys that are household names for the NFL. I tell you there's a guy that's leading the chart in the adjusted explosive index. Not quite a 106. He scores a 102, and that's a hometown favorite for Baltimore. The guy I couldn't think of his name before when Mike Hughes covered him like a wet blanket in Orlando when they played Central Florida twice, and it's D.J. Moore. He's the wide receiver from Maryland. That's the 16th pick by the Baltimore Ravens. D.J. Moore, you know, this is another pick that Mike is making that I could see being a definite possibility for the Baltimore Ravens to take D.J. Moore. They like to draft their wide receivers, and they like to draft them early And so I could see this being a case, DJ Moore going right here at number 16 to the Baltimore Ravens, coming out of Maryland, standing at 5'11", and moving forward. He's been compared to Golden Tate. And the Baltimore Ravens, when we look at, let's take a look right now, as as Mike brought up, I want to take a look at what Baltimore currently has on the roster as they have made some moves. So the Baltimore Ravens currently on their depth chart in this offseason, heading into the NFL draft at the wide receiver position, have a bunch of different guys, and yes, it has changed. They have Michael Crabtree, who came over from Oakland, John Brown, who came over from Arizona, Willie Sneed, who came over from the Saints, and then they also have Chris Moore, who was on the team, and Brashad Perriman. Because they've made so many moves and tried to make this alleged move for Des Bryant, it didn't work out, so they went for Willie Sneed, and the offer sheet was not matched by the New Orleans Saints. Because they have three new receivers, three veterans, I could see them taking DJ Moore because it would be the Baltimore thing to do, but logically looking at this thing and saying, you just made moves and already paid three vets 
that are already in the league with the 16th overall pick, the Baltimore Ravens are going to go after defensive tackle who can also catch touchdown passes, force fumbles, and come down the field and then catch a touchdown pass defensive tackle out of Bamalama, Deron Payne. 16th overall to the Baltimore Ravens. Deron Payne going to the team. A guy who is versatile. A guy who is effective on both sides of the ball. Trick plays. Having some fun with it. You have your receivers. This guy could be your receiver if you throw him out there and let the officials know that he's coming out for a play or two. Nick Saban used him all over the field. Deron Payne, phenomenal story. Hard-hitting defensive tackle. Going to make things interesting and fun. Baltimore has to go up against Le'Veon Bell. Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger, and that's just Pittsburgh. Then in Cleveland, they got to go up against Carlos Hyde. I think Saquon Barkley, Jarvis Landry, whoever's going to be under center at quarterback. And then you look at the fact that Cincinnati still, even though they have a lot of trouble and they need a lot of help, they have offensive talent. So Deron Payne helps Baltimore get back on to the right side of things right now, knowing that, yeah, it's nice to score points, but defense is what keeps us in the game. They're going with Deron Payne, who is a versatile defensive tackle with the 16th overall pick. 17th, the Los Angeles Chargers. This is a tough pick for me because the Chargers, I feel like, need everybody and their mother. So if we look at the Chargers right now and where they currently sit, there's a guy that Mike had brought up that I said in Green Bay was very tough for me to go back and forth with when I ultimately chose Harold Landry. If we look at the depth chart of the Chargers, they have Phillip Rivers, who they're going to hold on to forever. They have Geno Smith, who I still think is a wide receiver. They have Melvin Gordon, who is there on their offensive line. We are there behind their offensive line. We know the offensive line can get things done because we see how well Melvin Gordon runs. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, a healthy Mike Williams, Tyrell Williams, Travis Benjamin. They got a bunch of guys out there that are playing wide receiver, and they have Jeremy Davis from Connecticut. Don't underestimate the guy from UConn who's been on wake-up call before. So I look to the defensive side of the ball. I say, okay, you got a bunch of guys that are taking care of business, could take care of business at the wide receiver position. So it's time to go corner. It's time to put somebody up against them in practice that's going to push them, that's going to make them become their best selves. And that means with the 17th overall pick, I am giving Mike Hughes to the Chargers, and like I said, it's tough for me at that pick by Green Bay that's happening at 14 to not say that Mike could end up there, but if he doesn't, if Green Bay ultimately takes Harold Landry because they need help at corner and at linebacker, and they let him fall, Arizona's not going to take him, Baltimore's probably not going to take him, and the Los Angeles Chargers at number 17 get a steal with Central Florida's Mike Hughes. Mike, I know that you don't have Mike here because you have him a couple picks earlier. Who are the Chargers taking at number 17? I think they had their eyes on Deron Payne there. I think they really are are just assuming that he got picked just a pick before thinking he would drop to them because he is a tremendous athlete. But this is going to be an opportunity for uh, Los Angeles to go ahead and beef up their line. They need a tackle. They need an inside linebacker, defensive lineman. They, They need to start looking quarterback in the future. They need a safety. But they can't pass up an offensive lineman, a hometown talent, I think the NFL is going to start leaning more toward this, and you're going to see this in the future where I think guys are going to be regional players. Guys that are from the South are going to, you know, they're going to have an appeal.
feel for the South because, let's face it, the attendance numbers in the NFL haven't been what they need to be. The best seat to watch the game is in your living room with the red zone and your favorite team on the other TV. This is where the beer is cheaper, the food is hot, and you can get what you want in the relaxation without having to fight traffic. They got to do what they got to do to get players to the games, uh, people to the games. And you can see those changes coming around the country in the way they're changing these stadiums. But you have to have good players. And if I have a regional player, if I have a home state player or a hometown player, and he grades out well and there's a need and he can fall to my lap, well, if I'm the Chargers, I'm taking offensive tackle Colton Miller out of UCLA. You know, I know a lot of fans aren't packing the house to see an offensive tackle. I get it. The trend that I think is going to continue to be on the upswing in the NFL, this way you get those UCLA fans. You get those fans who may not go to the game to see the local talent now on the NFL stage. So with that, Colton Miller, UCLA offensive tackle goes to the Chargers. Very interesting, and I could see this happening because of the fact that the Chargers have spent draft picks and made moves on their offensive and defensive lines that haven't really panned out for them. So to get a guy from UCLA and put him out there for you, this is a guy who is going to bring you a lot. I mean, some people have him down as a second-round pick, but this is this is a guy who can help you on your offensive line immediately and give you something. On, like I said, Melvin Gordon's already running the ball well. But to run the ball even better, could it be that Melvin Gordon could run the ball even better? I'm not against this Colt Miller pick. I could see it happening with the Chargers. They keep him on the West Coast, and, and they keep him right there close to home. He went to UCLA, and or close to where he's just been, I should say. Went to UCLA, and then will be playing right in L.A., right before the Chargers move back to San Diego, as I believe that that will happen as well. We're going to go to the top 20, and then we'll break and come back to wrap up this first round. We're going to go rapid fire here a little bit quicker. Seattle Seahawks, 18th overall, Mike. I got somebody different, I know already, because you picked this guy already. Who's Seattle taking? I think they got to go with the cornerback that's going to fall to their lap at Alexander, uh, Jerry Alexander, the, the, the guy out of Louisville. This is the guy who's a who's an excellent cover guy. This is a guy, you know, he, he, he he's from the Carolinas. Yet this is a guy who seems to fit that niche that Seattle has, that bad boy, that doomsday defense. He's a ball hawk. He's a great cover guy. And I think Alexander's going to fit fine in Seattle. Jair Alexander is who Mike has going here. I'm staying with corner, and I'm agreeing with you, but I think this guy falls into their lap, and they can't believe that it possibly could be so, that this man who makes total sense – in on a team that used to be so effective in their secondary and so effective with their corners. This guy brings that boom. He brings that power. He makes the 12th man get up off their feet and get up off of their couch and go to the games like Mike was talking about. Cornerback Denzel Ward, Seattle Seahawks, number 18th overall pick. They can't believe he's still there. Number 19th, Dallas Cowboys. They don't have Des Bryant. Their number one wide receiver for the last eight years is not on the team anymore, so I think they're going wide receiver, and I had two guys in this spot, and then after watching a conversation about one of these guys who I covered in, in his time in the American Athletic Conference, I changed my thought, and I changed my opinion. I thought they were going to take this guy because Jerry Jones is all about splash and who's the number one overall guy and blah, 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 but you got to look at height at this position. I think Dallas is going wide receiver. I think they're going for a taller guy, and I will announce it. 
right now, I think the Cowboys, Mike, are going with wide receiver out of SMU, Cortland Sutton, who has hands that are absolutely, positively going to put your butt in the seat in and see this Cowboys game live. Cortland Sutton, one-handed grabs all over the place, a guy who can run in the open field, a guy who can make it happen, jump up. Every ball is a live ball. Every ball is an opportunity. Nothing is off the table. The Dallas Cowboys want a playmaker, and I had Kelvin Ridley here, but I changed it to a taller, more versatile guy. I shouldn't say more versatile, but a taller guy, great hands, jump up in the air, create for you. Cortland Sutton makes the open field a lot of fun, and if Dak Prescott's going to have a bounce-back year, have it with this guy. I have Cortland Sutton of SMU going 19th overall to the Cowboys. Thoughts, Mike? Yeah, I can see that pick. I think that um, Cortland Sutton's an excellent fit there. He's that hometown regional guy, but I got my eyes on somebody different for Dallas. I think it's Leighton Vander Esch, the outside linebacker from Boise State. Look, You know, Dallas has had a hard time. Their defense has been falling apart in recent years, especially when Sean Lee has been out of the lineup. Anthony Hitchens looked like he was developing into a solid second linebacker, but he signed with the Chiefs this offseason. Dallas needs help at linebacker. I think they can get an outstanding receiver further on down or trade back up, but I think the wide receiver position is quite quite large, and I think they're mostly second and third round guys. There's a couple guys that are going to creep into the first round, but I have a Cortland Sutton number three on my adjusted explosive index, and I have him with one of the slower 40 times in the top 12 receivers at a 4-5-4. He's got the height. He's a slender guy, but I think the linebacker position makes the most sense for them. That's where they need the most help. So I would say Dallas takes Boise State linebacker Leighton Vander Esch. And you know, to take a guy like Leighton Vander Esch, I, I don't, I don't disagree with that pick, Mike. I, I do know that there's a guy named Jerry Jones, and he's picking in the first round, and he's picking higher than he's used to. And I think in that respect, he wants to make a splash. He's all about, he's all about flash and keeping a guy in Dallas. Cortland Sutton makes sense. But defensively, we all know that the Dallas Cowboys need some help as well. The 20th pick, before we take a step aside, Mike, I'm going to hand it to you. We got we have our, our, our local Central New York guy right here. He has, what does he say here? He said, I, let's see what he's got. He said, Will Hernandez, number 20, guard UTEP is who he has. That's who he would like to see. Come on, that's Johnny, our 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 local Central New York Detroit Lions fan who is very loyal to Wake Up Call, and we appreciate you listening in. What do you think about this pick? What do the Detroit Lions take at number 20? I think they're going to do something. I think they're going to make a move that might piss off Johnny a little bit. Where do you think they go here? Yeah, you, you know, Will Hernandez is an outstanding. He's a top three offensive guard prospect, but he's way off the, the – the Quentin Nelsons of the world, so I don't think he's a first-round talent. I got him number three overall in my offensive guard uh, rankings, but I think that in order for Detroit to make a splash, but I think you mentioned this name before. Correct me if I'm wrong before I continue here. Harold Landry from Boston College, the, yep. the, the tweener, the defensive end outside linebacker. Is he officially selected on our mock draft yet or not? He was, when you selected Mike Hughes to the Green Bay Packers at 14th overall, I put him at 14. So, you know, you're free to do as you please. You got him going to the NFC North. I have Green Bay taking him. 
you think that he'll fall here to the Detroit Lions, so you think they're going to pick him up here at number 20? Mike, can you hear me? I think we lost Mike here for a second. We're going to try and get Mike back here on the line here inside of the NFL draft. Trying to make a trade, trying to make a pick, trying to figure things out. We lost somebody on the line. So, so we got we got Mike here now. Mike is here on the line. And, Mike, what I was saying was I had, when you had Mike Hughes at number 14 to Green Bay, I had Harold Landry, and I had Mike Hughes a little bit later. So, in this case, you have Harold Landry a little bit later, but staying in the NFC North. Yeah, I think uh, the Lions desperate. We need help in their front seven. I mean, Ezekiel Anz has been the only reliable edge rusher in their new scheme. And, you know, I, I don't know if reliable is a really good word for Anz, although they, they did give him a fat contract. I think Detroit's coaching staff is kind of familiar with Harold Landry because the new defensive coordinator, Paul Pasquale, he, he was a defensive line coach at Boston College the past two seasons. So he knows what this guy can do. This guy can is a tweener for a 4-3 or a 3-4 defense, defensive end, outside linebacker. Harold Landry is an excellent talent at number 20 for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, you know, you look at the fact that, that Matt Patricia is the head coach of this team and Paul Pascaloni, the former head coach of the Syracuse Orange and the Yukon Huskies, and just recently with his protege as an assistant as it flipped the script and Steve Adazio, who is an assistant coach to Paul Pascaloni, in Syracuse, ends up being the head coach in BC, brings on Paul for a couple seasons, as Mike said. And so, yeah, Paul's Paul's got an ear to the ground when it comes to guys like Harold Landry and, and being around a guy like him. So that can make a lot of sense. And I already have him picked up here by the Green Bay Packers, so I can't be doing that one. I think that Detroit does something insane here. And they know that Amir Abdullah isn't cutting it. And I know that Matt Patricia, I go back and forth with this because he's defense and Paul Pascaloni's defense. So I can see one of two things happening here. Matt Patricia, if he wins out, okay, if they if they allow the coach to make some decisions here, then Matt Patricia goes defense. And if Harold Landry falls there, Mike, and he doesn't go to Green Bay like I think he will, then you got a place here to say, okay, this is going to happen. But in my opinion, I think Detroit might might totally mess with the script and pick running back Darius Geis and say, we're done with Amir Abdullah. We're done with trying to figure this out. We know that LeGarrette Blunt isn't going to live to be 107 years old and still be on the field. He may be 107, but he's not going to be on the field. I can see them moving to Darius Geis, trying to make a splash, trying to get somebody that is going to be a running back that can help them out in the backfield. And if LeGarrette Blunt is going to be your between-the-tackle guy, the Darius Geis can be your change-of-pace guy and help you out and do some different things because I don't trust Darius Geis to be a 20-carry up-the-middle guy every game. But if they don't do that, if they don't do that, then I stay with LSU and I say Arden Key could be a guy going to the team. Arden Key, defensive end, to help the Detroit Lions move forward. So I can see Darius Geis or, in this case, Arden Key going to them, but I think that they go with LSU and they stick with that and they move forward. I would like to think, like I said, that Matt Patricia and Paul Pascaloni, being defensive-minded, that they're going to win out in this thing. But the Detroit Lions might say, listen, 
we made a move on Amir Abdullah. It didn't work out. We've tried for years and nothing's happening. We need to grab a guy and we're not going to wait until the second round to do so. They can make a very weird turn and take Darius Geis in the first round. We'll take a step aside here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. When we come back, we'll finish our mock draft of the first round and get you set for the draft coming up tonight. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily you know we bring in local produce we prepare to order in the kitchen we hand bread our chicken we hand spin our milkshakes it's it's great food it doesn't taste like fast food i I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a chick-fil-a restaurant it's different we we try to treat people with intentional kindness here which is very different and deeper than good customer service and so i think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalware, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you could choose your style, get fitted, and tailored, all at Giovanni's Formal Wear. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing. With Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your event, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing. Proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Gear up with the real deal at Dry Sig Apparel. 
creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. So look professional, look good, and feel good. Outfit yourself at drysigapparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Unica Pizza Company spells family, your family, my family, their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens, they're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Having some fun this morning with the man they call Mike Sofka from Hall of Fame Fantasy Football. Dot com. We are giving you a mock draft. First time ever that Mike and I have done this. We're doing it live on the air on draft day. So we're unveiling our mock draft on the day of the draft. And so we are at pick number 21. And that pick jumps over to me because I start off with the odds. Mike starts off with the evens. That's fair. I guess I am odd, according to some people. Number 21 overall, the Cincinnati Bengals select. Offensive tackle Mike McGlinchey. As you know, Mike and I were on the same wavelength with with the Oakland Raiders with the 10th overall pick. He said Mike McGlinchey. I said Orlando Brown. Because I said Orlando Brown to the Raiders, that is why I have Mike McGlinchey here to the Bengals. They have had numerous running backs, and they had a three-headed running back last year, and they still couldn't run the damn ball. A.J. Green's not getting any help, so they need some help on the line. And they're going to get some help with offensive tackle Mike McGlinchey, in my opinion. Mike, where are you going on this one? Well, they definitely need help on the offensive line, but I think it's more on the interior. They just made the trade for offensive tackle Cordy Glenn, and they're hoping he can stay healthy. And, you know, they definitely need help running the ball. They averaged like 3.6 yards per carry last season. And they do have some talent in the backfield with Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard to take pressure off them on the third downs. But, you know, I think it's more interior, and they can pick up a guy that can play center or guard, and I think this is right up their alley. This is a guy that Minnesota obviously is looking out, out for for name recognition alone in a Frank Ragnow from Arkansas. This is a guy who I think is the, the ultimate Cincinnati target. This is the guy they have their eye on the whole time. I don't think it's too early for a big center upgrade like Ragnall, but I think this is the perfect time. You know, you can't take him too early. You can't.
can't take them up top there because you're overpaying at that point. But this is the perfect place for a Frank Ragnow, a guy who can secure that interior line. And don't forget, the guy who's the center, you know, and, and can play guard is versatile. And he's also the leader of the line. He's the one that makes the adjustments and the play changes at the line of scrimmage based on the blitz and the adjustments the defensive make. And that's Frank Ragnow. That's what he's been doing at Arkansas. And that's what he's going to continue to do for the Cincinnati Bengals as they improve that run offense. Yeah, because Cincinnati, and this is going to be my corny joke of the day, Cincinnati wants to win Ragnow. So (laughs) with that being said, thank you. Thank you. I'm here all day. The number 22 overall pick. We're going to go both sides of this like Mike and I had, that there could be a trade here. And the trade could involve the Bills giving up the 12th and 22nd to the Broncos so that they can get up and get the Broncos pick at number five. So if the trade happens, the Broncos would be here at number 22. If it doesn't, the Bills would be here at number 22. So we're going to give you both ends of the spectrum. Mike, let's start with the Bills. If the Bills are picking at number 22 and they don't trade, who do they take? And then let me know if the Broncos are here, who they're going with, and then I'll respond to both. Well, I think they have a dire need right now at uh, on the defensive side of the ball, and they're looking for a leader. They're looking for a big-time playmaker from a big-time program who's played in big-time games, and that's Rashawn Evans, linebacker from Alabama. You know, you would think that they would go offensive line here right after, you know, trading up for the quarterback, but, you know, I think they have some solid interior blockers that, you know, could be obtained on day two. So, you know, Buffalo has to bolster his weak linebacking core, and, you know, it'll be much tougher to snag a talented three-down linebacker in the second and third rounds when you can get those interior blockers there. So, Rickon Evans, linebacker from Alabama, is going to be the selection of the Buffalo Bills if they keep that Rashawn Evans, if Buffalo keeps the pick, is what Mike says. I have Rashawn going a little bit later here and falling to, falling into the lap of somebody that's going to be very surprised that he's still available. I am going to go in this situation with if, if Buffalo keeps the pick and they're at 22 overall, it's, a, it's, a, it's somebody that Mike had called for earlier on here, and I agreed that if the pick happened, it makes sense. If it doesn't happen... The Buffalo Bills take defensive end Marcus Davenport. Why? Because the Buffalo Bills have been giving up a lot on their defensive line. They've had some guys that have been good, some guys not so good. They let Marcel Darius go to the Jacksonville Jaguars in a trade in the middle of last season, and he's in the interior part of the line, but they they signed Star Latulili, and he is on the team right now. Five-year, $50 million deal. They spent a lot of money on D-tackle, which is why I don't think they're going to go there. They also have Kyle Williams coming back on a one-year, $6 million contract approve yourself contract so if it was me and buffalo's keeping the pick they're going with defensive end marcus davenport and trying to help out their defensive line right away because they know that they need help and they know that in order to beat tom brady you gotta you have to put a little cut on the porcelain doll that's what you have to do if you want to beat the patriots you got to knock down tom brady and they don't have a lot of guys that were doing that recently which is why they're spending the bucks on the interior now it's time to spend some money on the exterior and they're 22nd overall so they're not spending money like they could have earlier on in the draft if the bills trade this pick to the denver broncos then the broncos will select who mike I think this is going to be a 
tough situation because they Denver again still needs help in a lot of areas on the edge, offensive line, tight end, and wide receiver. And I think they're going to make a, a stunning move here that's going to shock people if they stay here. And I think that's going to be, or if they make that trade and if they go with that with the pick here and they don't trade back out, I think they're going to go tight end. I think they're going to go with a guy that I don't consider the number one tight end, but I think they might mm. get a Dallas Goder South Dakota State. I don't know if you've seen this guy make these Odell Beckham Jr. type catches one-handed all over the field. This is a guy who's got the size and the hand size. This guy's definitely a red zone threat. And remember, even though there's more or less a different regime and a different focus there in uh, in Denver, I think they're going to still stick with that old thing that they put together with Julius Thomas. And You know, you've seen it in years past. They like to go to the tight end. They like the red zone tight end. And they like to go to the tight end on tough plays for tough yards, like for fourth down conversions, third down conversions. And Dallas Goder looks like that guy from South Dakota State. Dallas Goder, I mean, you could see that happening. What they have on the roster right now at the tight end position is nothing to write home about. They have Jeff Hurman, and then they have Jake Butts, Austin Trailer. So this would make sense that they would go for a tight end, try and get somebody knowing that they want to reach out for someone and get them now. I'm going to go with Mark Andrews out of Oklahoma. So I'm going to stay with the tight end. If the Bills trade this pick and give it to the Denver Broncos for the rights to trade up in the draft, I think that Mark Andrews is the guy that will head to the Denver Broncos and help them out in a part of their offense that they value, obviously, and they've had success with in the past, but don't really have anybody there right now and really don't have a true starter going into offseason workouts. 23rd pick overall, the New England Patriots. This is an interesting pick because the New England Patriots are not used to picking this high. They're not used to having these opportunities. So the New England Patriots, who draft the best players in the entire NFL draft in the sixth round compensatory picks, Tom Brady. They are now picking 23rd overall in the 2018 draft. And in our mock draft here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com and live on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt, the New England Patriots, in my opinion... When you look at their team and you look at the moves that they've made, this is a tough one for me because there's a certain position I'm thinking about, but I don't think they're going to go after it right away. And that's wide receiver because they lost Danny Amendola. So that is something that I'm paying attention to. They really don't need help with running back. We know that they make guys look good who looked pretty awful recently. Jeremy Hill just signed a one-year deal. He looked terrible in Cincinnati for the most part, and he is now with the Patriots, so knowing him he'll and knowing them, he'll have eight touchdowns this season. They signed Jordan Matthews. Matthew Slater's coming back. Rex Burkhead's coming back in the backfield. So where do the Patriots go when they have this opportunity at 23rd overall? The question that we ask, where are the Patriots going to put their hay? And this is going to be a difficult one for me. I think they're going to go to the offensive side of the ball. I think that they're going to make this happen. Now, I've toyed with the idea of them picking a tight end because that could make some sense for them. I've also toyed with the idea of them taking a quarterback, but I don't think they're going to take one this high. They're not going to take a flashy running back. So I really want to say they'll take a tight end here, and I'm going to stick with the fact that I think this is where maybe the Patriots say, you know what? 
Let's go get a tight end. Let's let Rob Gronkowski know that we're not for all these shenanigans. And let's take Dallas Godert ourselves, put him on our team. Mike just had him going here. And let's put him out there. The reason why I didn't have Hayden Hurst is I think he's going to go somewhere else. But this is a really tough pick for me because the Patriots could do 100 million different things because they are the Patriots. But I'm thinking tight end, either here or right before the end of the first round. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I think the Patriots have to take a tackle. I mean, they let Nate Soldier walk away in time with the Giants, and that wasn't really surprising. He's been challenged with some injuries recently. I mean, he's very talented, but the injuries over the past several years, he's risky to give a huge contract to, and that's what the Giants did. And, you know, I can see both sides of the coin there, but I think you got to replace that hole. You're in a desperate situation now. You have to get a tackle. And I think this is where, and I know you brought up his name before, but I think this is where an Orlando Brown from Oklahoma goes to. He can protect the blind side. That's what they need in their franchise. Old man, TV 12 quarterback, Tom Brady, who's, you know, I always call him the dark side. I always call him the evil empire. Well, they're going to continue to grow, and the only way they can do that is if they protect Tom Brady. Tom Brady's out, so are the Patriots. They have to protect him. They select Orlando Brown tackle out of Oklahoma. Well, I think they can make an interesting move here, and I and I like that, and that makes sense. I think they could also make a move here for offensive tackle out of Pittsburgh, somebody who I spent some time covering recently here, and they could go Brian O'Neill at this pick as well and take a guy where people say, who? And exactly. You might not know who he is. No, I've got, no, I've got him graded out the same as Orlando Brown on the same line, on the same timeline. Yeah, you do. And and, and, and I feel like yeah. people around the country, you know, Mike, you do, you're doing your research, you're making it happen, and, and, and that makes total sense. I think some people might say, Pittsburgh, first round? How did they do? They didn't even go to a bowl game. They didn't this, they didn't that. Yeah, but this is also a team who brought it to some really good teams at the end of their season, did some really good things, and pushed forward. And Brian O'Neill is just that type of guy that could fall to the Patriots that, like you said, you got him on the same line as Orlando Brown. He could fall to the Patriots, and the Patriots could pick him up, keep him in the Northeast, and have people saying, who the hell is that guy? And guess what? You're going to be knowing that he's going to be the guy protecting Tom Brady as we move forward here. So that was that's a tough one for me because I, I see tight ends somewhere with their either their this pick or their later pick in the first round. But offensive tackle, I feel like I'm leaning more there. Brian O'Neill, Mike says Orlando Brown. The 24th overall pick goes to the Carolina Panthers, Mike. Who are they taking in this year's draft? I think Carolina's got to take a wide receiver here. I mean, they got a bunch of holes, just like a lot of teams. But wide receiver is glaring to me, and they got to address this early if they're going to get a talented player. You know, you look at the, their wide receiver core right now, I think there's some also Rams. Some of these guys have, have had their moments. Uh, Devin Funches, Torrey Smith, I consider those guys also Rams. They haven't really done what they need to do at this point in their careers, in my opinion. Curtis Samuels, a guy upswing, so is Russell Shepard. But then again, that's about it. Jerry is right. I mean, what are we talking about here? They need an impact player. They need a guy that's going to make a difference. Now, there's a lot of people that are going to say, hey, Mike, you know, they should obviously take Calvin Ridley. He's the best wide receiver. No, he's not. Not according to my in the stat I spit out before, the adjusted explosive index. And I think that's an important stat 
because you take a guy like Calvin Ridley, he's number 12 on that list. Number 12. DJ Moore, who was selected earlier, was number one on that list. And it's a huge disparity. It's by like more than 12 points. What that tells me is Calvin Ridley's a talented guy. It's just he's not there yet. He's not the impact player they need right away. The impact player they need right away is DJ Chark out of LSU. This guy has a 102 score on the adjusted explosive index, just like DJ Moore. So DJ and DJ have the same score. So DJ Moore went 16. And I think you're a fool if you let DJ Chark out of LSU, who plays in the SEC, which is the NFL senior division. I think DJ Chark makes all the sense in the world. A 4-3-4 guy, lightning fast. This puts Carolina back on the map. This gives Cam Newton a deep threat target. I'm looking at this one, and I'm going on the other side of the ball, and I'm saying that Carolina, somebody fell to them. And there's an opportunity for them to take advantage of it. This is a guy, and, and, and where Carolina's issues began, where Carolina, a couple seasons ago, when they were they were one of those teams that was proud and doing amazing things and Super Bowl contenders, all of a sudden they fell off the map. And they fell off that map. Things started to not work out when they let one guy walk they franchise tagged him, then all of a sudden pulled the tag and let Josh Norman go to the Washington Redskins. That was the beginning of the fall of the Carolina Panthers. You have to go up against Drew Brees every single season twice. Jameis Winston might be a turnover machine, but he's still a playmaker that you have to go up against, and you have to go up against that guy named Matty Ryan. So they are saying enough is enough. When we let Josh Norman walk out the door, we started screwing with our team. We got Cam Newton. He's our best running back, so we really don't need a running back. We have some guys. Christian McCaffrey can be a wide receiver for us. We know we have talent, but they don't need to have the best of the best wide receivers all the time. Calvin Benjamin is their number one guy. They let him go. Their best option really is Greg Olson when they air it out to him and when we've seen Cam Newton pass the ball. But this is the Cam Newton show. And we need somebody who's going to make sure that when Cam Newton's not on the field, they're taking care of business. And that is why the Carolina Panthers select, and I can't believe he's fallen to 24, cornerback Jair Alexander, who I also had the pleasure of covering inside of the ACC, Louisville Cardinal product, Jair Alexander, helping to shut down on the outside to help out this Carolina team get back to winning after they let Josh Norman go just a couple seasons ago. 25th overall pick, Mike, Tennessee Titans. Who are they going with? Oh, and I'm sorry. This one this one is where I'm supposed to roll out first, so I'll give mine really quick. I think the Titans are going okay. with the offensive line, and I got excited after Jair Alexander. I think the, the Titans are going 25th overall, offensive line, offensive guard, interior, help them run the ball. They struggle to do that and keep guys healthy. Offensive guard, Isaiah Wynn, I have with Tennessee. Because they made so many moves already, they have a lot of skill players on offense, and they've done some things with their defense. I think Tennessee goes with an offensive guard and goes with Isaiah Wynn in this one. Yeah, I think Tennessee has some holes there, and that's an excellent observation on your part there, but I think the Titans are looking for another edge rusher of the future. They got two guys on the edge of Brian Arakbo and Derek Morgan, and if you notice a common theme in this draft, it's quarterbacks and it's guys who can get to the quarterback. That's the secret to success. 
success in the NFL, you have to have those big-time players in those spots. So I think the Titans realize that they have a rack bow. And by the way, he's going to be 32 in July, which is ancient for an edge rusher. You know, he's going to also be a free agent next year as well. So he'll be walking away from the Titans. The Titans aren't going to sign a 33-year-old uh, edge rusher. They need to look toward the future. And that's going to, you know, be a guy who can hound guys like Andrew Luck and Deshaun Watson in their in their division. Now, this is a guy in Cam Hubbard out of Ohio State. He's got the quicks. He's got the moves to get to the quarterback. He can't be pressed outside to the edge. He can't be bottled up inside. He seems to be able to get around the tackle and get to the quarterback. Sam Hubbard, defensive end, Ohio State. Sam Hubbard, defensive end, Ohio State. So you have the defensive line. I have the offensive line. Either way, we're admitting to ourselves that they need some help on on their line in the trenches. This team needs to move forward. The Tennessee Titans, they like to make those splashes and go for skill players, but you got to protect those skill players as you move forward. So Mike is saying Sam Hubbard, defensive end, coming out of Ohio State, going to the Tennessee Titans at number 25, and I have offensive guard Isaiah Wynn. Mike, number 26, Atlanta Falcons, who are they taking? I think they get the steal of the draft here. They get a guy who's only a one-year starter, but I personally saw this guy up close and in person. I've seen this guy on the field. He's a Florida Gator, and they need help on the interior line. The Falcons was incredibly soft against the Eagles when they were playing in the divisional round of the playoffs there. I mean, they have to strengthen that interior defensive line, and they can do that with this guy, David Bryan, defensive tackle out of Florida. This is a guy who can tie up the blockers like we talked about before in Via. He can stop the run. He can make the linebackers that much better. Oh, and by the way, when he is double-teamed, that's still not enough, guys. This guy's a freak talent. He's got freak strength. He's got freak speed. This is the steal of the draft. Defensive tackle and Peyton Bryan going to the Atlanta Falcons. Mike, I'm going to agree with you on this because he is the next best available on some boards here with Vita Vey and Deron Payne, one and two respectively. That's Avon Bryan out of Florida. You keep him in the South. He obviously has played in a very, very tough conference of the SEC, and you give him an opportunity to stay right there. He knows what it's like to be in places like Georgia. You keep him down South in Atlanta, put him onto this team, and know that there is a ton of skilled players and airing the ball out and scoring offensively for Atlanta. That did change a little bit with Kyle Shanahan being gone. They weren't as explosive looking, and I was wondering if that was going to be the case for them as they move forward. And so it'll be interesting to see where they go from here, but they have a ton of talent. They would be stupid. I know Kelvin Ridley's still on the board, but they'd be stupid to pick up somebody on the offensive side, skill side of it. I'm looking at defense. I know they've tried with linebackers, but sometimes they try to make it happen with bringing in guys later on or signing free agents. So the defensive line is where you need help. That's where you need to attack. Make Jameis Winston, make Drew Brees, make Cam Newton have to make some mistakes. I don't know how many Drew's going to make, but I know Cam and Jameis have made them in the past here. I will agree with you and say Taven Bryan, 26th overall to Atlanta. And the 27th overall pick, in my opinion, with the New Orleans Saints, they've been waiting for this moment. They have been waiting for this opportunity to take a tight end. And like I said, ultimately, I think New England's going to go with offensive tackle Brian O'Neill and wait on their tight end. I know I went back and forth with Dallas. But the New Orleans Saints, they see this guy 
They can't believe he's here. It's 27th overall. They haven't had a strong tight end since Jimmy Graham. They are, were willing to let a wide receiver go, so I don't think they're going to go crazy with wide receivers here. Drew Brees could throw to anybody, but you need that guy in the center of your offense that can catch the pass over the middle in the end zone, be a big body, and hold on to the damn ball. And you got to be able to block downfield for guys like Elvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, who have been amazing in their first season together. And we'll see what second season will have to be for them. The New Orleans Saints take Hayden Hurst, tight end, as they move forward in the draft. What do you have, Mike? Yeah, I like Hayden Hurst a lot. Let me tell you something. This is a guy who can play the H-back. This is a guy who can block. You can hand him the ball on a jet sweep. You can hand off the ball as he lines up at a tailback or shifts to that position from tight end. This is a guy who can run down the middle of the field. He's a mismatch. He's quicker. Uh, than most linebackers, and he's bigger than most quarterbacks or defensive backs. This guy puts in the work. He's put in the time. He's put himself in this excellent position. He's a gamer. He's a guy you want to have on your team. You want to see him play. You just hope he's making plays for your team. However, I think they're okay at New Orleans right now with what they have in Kobe Fleener, who has yet to shine for them, really, and then a Benjamin Watson, who was able to come back. Now, I know old man Watson has some mileage on him, but, you know, he, all he does is catch red zone passes, and that's all they need him to do. They've got an excellent receiver core. Well, wait a second. No, they don't. That's why they're going in this direction. I know they have Michael Thomas. They brought in Karen Meredith, who's a question mark. He could be a number one receiver, but has been injured the past couple of years. Ted Ginn can get it done. Ted Ginn, he returns kicks real well. He's that number three or slot guy. But can you imagine if they took a guy, like you mentioned before, in a Cortland Sutton, and they put him in that slot until he grew to that outside position? I think that would be the smartest move they can make. A lot of people still still wanting Calvin Ridley, and I think somebody's going to make a mistake. And I do say Calvin Ridley mistake in the same sentence in taking him too high. I think this is not Calvin Ridley territory yet. It's close, but not yet. I think a Cortland Sutton goes here. I know you had him going to Dallas early, but he just makes all the sense. He's a fraction of points behind DJ Moore and DJ Chark with about two points behind both of those guys on my explosive index chart, and he makes the most sense at this point for New Orleans. Uh, coming from Mike Sofko, Hall of Fame Fantasy Football.com, here with myself, Dan Tortora. Wake up call with Dan Tortora. Mock draft for the NFL 2018, going through the first round. Pick number 28, Mike. You're on the clock for this one, and I will reply. Pittsburgh Steelers, who are they taking? Oh, I think this is an easy one for the Steelers. They need some help in various places, but they need some help where you don't think they need it, and that's running back. Let me, let me put a couple things by you. They're having a lot of problems with, with uh, Le'Veon Bell and the contract and all this stuff. What if they, what if they were able to, to put a patch on this for a year and then rely on a guy like Sony Michelle? Sony Michelle has the get-up. He can go. He can catch the ball. He can fly. Can you, I, I had to see that Georgia team against my Gators several times. And, you know, when it wasn't Chubb, it was Michelle. Running us over. These guys, both top five backs. I think Sony Michelle is more explosive. I think he's the more Le'Veon Bell like. I think he's a patient runner, but he has the ability to take off and leave people in the dust. I like Sony Michelle right here at Pittsburgh at 28. You know, I went back and forth with this one, and I know that, that this is a, a pick that other people have, like, like Mike had just said with Sony Michelle. And I know this could make some sense here. 
I think that there's other needs that they have. I think that they could make a move on a Calvin Ridley right now, knowing that they have Antonio Brown and seeing what he can do here. But ultimately, I'm going to agree with you, Mike, and say that Sony Michelle is a guy just because of the fact that Le'Veon Bell going into the game against the Jaguars, the AFC divisional round game, is he practicing? Is he not practicing? Was he here for workouts? What the hell is going on? He said, I'm going to do with the franchise tag, something along the lines of, I believe he said, I'm going to do what needs to be done, but nothing more. I'm going to do what I need to do, but nothing over the top. No bonus. I'm going to get the yardage I need to get, essentially. But if I can get nine and get a first down, I'm not going for 11. I'm not going for 12. I'm going to give the Steelers what I need to give them to compete. But I'm not giving them any bonus credit. And if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers and I'm looking at this and I'm moving forward, I'm going, Big Ben's not going to be here forever. And we could get Mason Rudolph or one of these guys later on in the draft. Sony Michelle is not a bad bet to put on the team, put him here now, and say, you know what, Sony, come to us, spend some time with us, and guess what, Le'Veon, you don't want to be here, you don't have to be here. We got Sony Michelle, a great pickup this late in the draft at 28th overall, which leaves me with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I think that four different things could happen. If Sony Michelle doesn't get picked up, this is a team that is running the ball down your throat and playing good defense. Best defense in the country last year, run the damn ball. This is Doug Marone's offense with Nate Hackett. It is an old-school team. They brought in Niles Paul to block from Washington. They are looking. They know that Blake Bortles can throw the long ball, and whether you respect him or don't respect him, it doesn't matter. This guy's throwing his fifth, sixth, and seventh string guys and getting touchdowns against the Steelers in the AFC Divisional game. Four points away from going to the Super Bowl with Blake Bortles. So get off the Blake Bortles hatred. They're not taking a quarterback here, in my opinion, but, 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 if, if Lamar Jackson fell here, I think it would be hard to say no to for Tom Coughlin. I think if Hayden Hurst is here, it's hard to say no to. I think even Sony Michelle, if he doesn't go a pick before, it's hard to say no to. But ultimately, we're saying that all these things already happened, Mike. So the Jacksonville Jaguars with the 29th pick, where do they need the most help on their defense? The interior part of their linebacker core. They don't have Paul Puzlesny. That is their biggest glaring issue. You have Miles Jack on one side. You have Telvin Smith on the other. You got A.J. Boyer behind them with Jalen Ramsey. You have a defensive line in front of you that's at least five deep. And this guy somehow, someway, and my board, I know not on yours, because he went a little bit before, but on my board, he fell here. And when the and the and the Jaguars are sitting here thinking, do we take a tight end? And then this guy shows up on the board, and Tom Go- talk, Tom Coughlin says, "Hell no, we have the number one defense in the country. We don't have our middle linebacker. Let's make it happen." Rashawn Evans goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars at 29th, one of the and arguably the biggest steal of the first round. Thoughts on number 29, Mike? Yeah, I like Rashawn Evans. You know, again, not too big for the program that he's come from. You know, he's you know a, a guy who's been in big games with Alabama. He can he can run the, the, the sides of the field. He can be weak side, but I think he's a terror on the inside. I think the the, the bottom line is he's talented enough to be a three down linebacker, but I think he may be a second or third round guy. I'm not sure. That's why when you get a guy like Hayden Hurst and you hold me heard me boast about him before a little bit this is a guy who's a freak talent 
This is a guy who I think, when you look back at him, his just his stature, 6'4", 250, and he blazes. He's got speed. He's versatile. He had 44 catches for almost 600 yards in his final season with South Carolina. This is a guy who led the team. He was a unanimous, permanent captain by his team, elected that way for two straight seasons. So what that tells me is this is a guy people can get around. And you know what else? Remember I said that hometown flavor, that regional flair? He's from Jacksonville. He's born in Jacksonville, went to Bulls High School. Now I'm not saying we're going to get the whole high school out, but that gives your team something to rally around, a hometown hero. And this guy can go ahead and put the capital letters on hometown hero because he is a playmaker. And I think even the addition of Austin Safarian Jenkins, again, he's more of a red zone guy with the large hands. You saw Austin uh, Safarian Jenkins get that TD call back with the Jets last year. That was a heartbreaker. Uh, I think he's an effective red zone guy, and most of the NFL has been trying to get to this two tight end scheme, much like the two defensive end scheme, and this is right up their alley because Safarian Jenkins isn't the answer to the future of the Jags at the tight end position. They thought that was going to be Julius Thomas. Safarian Jenkins is a stopgap. He's a serviceable player, but he's not Hayden Hurst. Jacksonville takes Hayden Hurst at number 29 if he's available. Well, like I said, he's he's on my he's on my list of four: Sony Michelle, Lamar Jackson, Hayden Hurst, Rashawn Evans. I think if they're all available, and like Doug Marone said, we're going to look at who's best available at number twenty-nine. I think if it's Rashawn Evans, if he's there, and Hayden Hurst is there, that's a toss-up. I think if Lamar Jackson's there, there's a there's a little bit of a chance. Sony Michelle probably not. If he's there with the rest of these guys there, I think Rashawn Evans is a great move for them. But like Mike said, he could drop. If Hayden Hurst doesn't go to the Saints, where I think he will, then that's a tough one to say no to. And I, I could see Doug Marone saying Hayden Hurst on the first round of the NFL draft, 29th overall for the Jaguars. 30th overall pick, the Minnesota Vikings. They brought in Kirk Cousins. They have multiple running backs. Dalvin Cook on his way to being Rookie of the Year before he got hurt last year. Stephon Diggs is there. Adam Thielen is there. Kyle Rudolph is there. Their defense has gotten better, but it's not perfect. Where are we going with the Minnesota Vikings? Yeah, I think that uh, they have some needs. Glaring is on the offensive line. They could use a quarterback, a safety. They could even use a wide receiver and even another tight end here. But at the same time, I think the most glaring thing is the offensive line. They need to strengthen that interior. And I think this is where a guy like an Isaiah Wynn goes. You know, Isaiah Wynn, guard from Georgia, he's led the way for Sony Michelle. He's led the way for Nick Chubb. There's reasons why these guys were able to run like they run, and that's that interior presence that the Georgia line has. The outstanding offensive line. Isaiah Wynn's available. I think he's the 1A to Quentin Nelson here, so I definitely think Isaiah Wynn out of Georgia is the obvious pick at offensive guard for the Minnesota Vikings at 30. And I already have him go. I already have Isaiah Wynn going a little bit earlier here. And so with with Isaiah Wynn off of my board going to the Tennessee Titans at 25, at 30th overall, I'm going to go with somebody that Mike had a little bit earlier here, and that is Josh Jackson. I think that this team knows that they can improve there, like Mike said, in the secondary. And I think that with them moving forward and wanting to win, it was this arguable thing, who's the best defense in the country toward the end of the season? Is it Minnesota or is it Jacksonville? Well, Jacksonville showed that it was definitely them the way that Minnesota 
Minnesota played at the end and the way Jacksonville played at the end. And ultimately, I don't think Jacksonville was going full throttle and they needed to stick with it, stay on it, and push forward. And I don't think they did that at the end of the game. Also, penalties killed them. So defensively, I think they know they can get better. I think Minnesota Minnesota knows at number 30, picking up a guy like Josh Jackson at corner with the 30th pick, the third to last pick of the first round, is a steal. So they take him there, and they move forward. 31st overall pick going to the New England Patriots. And I told you I toyed with 23 being a tight end, but it's too early for the Patriots, and it's too early for Bill Belichick. He took Brian O'Neill in my mind, up there. And Mike and I were both agreeing that the offensive line is where he had to go. I think with 31st overall, this is where they take Dallas Godert. He comes off the board, and they let you know right before the end of the first round, they look over at Rob Gronkowski and say, Hey, Rob, why don't you go ahead and not do the the dirt race, bike, whatever you want to do. Why don't you come here, and why don't you play some football? And if you don't want to play, then we'll move forward. But remember with Aaron Hernandez, when everything went down, it was a totally different situation. It was a legal situation. But remember how quickly they moved forward in their life. They have to look to the future, and Rob Gronkowski's been going back and forth on his. Dallas Godert is the guy they take. I know you have him off the board already, Mike, so who are you going with at number 31 for the Patriots? Yeah, it's a tough pick. You know, you, you want to go safety. You want to go interior line to continue to, to build. You want to do all the right things here. And no, neither one of those picks would be bad. For instance, they could take a Justin Reed out of Stanford, a safety right here. They could take a James Daniels, a center out of Iowa, pure center, best pure center in the draft. Comes from Iowa and Kirk Barrett's. So you know that's a good thing in, in Bill Belichick's eyes. But I think this is where they snap up that quarterback of the future. They weren't able, according to our mock draft, pick up the guys we, we talked about, maybe moving up and getting a Lamar Jackson. But a Mason Rudolph is still here. And even though you may overpay for him, I think the need for a backup to Brady is glaring. I don't think Brian Hoyer answer and I think they need to build toward the future and let's face it the guys who have the most success in the NFL at quarterback there's two ways to do it baptism by fire where you're thrown right in right away where they teach you how to swim by throwing you in the pool or you get a guy that can stand behind the all-time hall of fame type quarterback multi-super bowl winner goes to the playoffs every year gets it done in Tom Brady and that's an excellent place for Mason Rudolph out of Oklahoma State to begin his NFL career behind the Tom Brady. So with the 31st pick, I think they go Mason Rudolph, Oklahoma State. You know, and I think it's interesting, and I think I don't think it's a bad pick for the Patriots at all. You know, I think if, if they don't get a Lamar Jackson, that this is something to look at for the future. I think if they get Lamar, Bill Belichick's kind of telling Josh McDaniels he's on his way out because when you want to overhaul and change your whole offense, might as well just let your coordinator go from there and let it be his baby and let it be his era. But if Bill Belichick's greedy, then he would stay there and say, hey, I'm going to show that I can win with a totally different quarterback in a totally different system. So it would be interesting, but I don't think Lamar's going to fall here, and I don't know if the Patriots are going to trade up. It'll be interesting to see if they do. Normally, they stay where they're at and they take the talent that they can find there, which is always good. Mason Rudolph, I think it's a little bit paying too high to get him in the first round, but 
I can understand your point, Mike, of getting him, getting him now, not waiting because the Patriots don't have high picks moving forward. And I think Mason's a second round guy that would go earlier. So I can say to you that I don't think that this would be the time to take him. But at the same time, the Patriots won't have a second chance, most likely, to take a guy like Mason Rudolph. So I get that pick wholeheartedly. 32nd and final pick in our mock draft, the Philadelphia Eagles reigning Super Bowl champions take who? Yeah, I think this is a, a pick that the Philadelphia Eagles would love to see a Sony Michelle drop this far. They'd love to see a Darius Geis drop this far. I mean, the Eagles could even trade down. I mean, I, the Seahawks don't pick again until after the first round at 120, so there's a potential trade partner there. But I think the target is definitely a running back. Jay Ajay is going to be an pending free agent 2019, and his durability is in question. So I think they need to complement what they have in-house now. They have some talent. They just have some question marks. A Corey Clement, a Donnell Pumphrey. These guys haven't been able to stay on the field. They look effective when they're on the field, but just like Jay Ajayi and Wendell Smallwood, all these guys have been dinged up and banged up. I think they go with the most obvious available pick who can complement what they have now. You would like to see, again, a Sony Michelle or a Darius Geis. I've even thought of a Ronald Jones at UFC or a Nick Chubb here. i got to go with Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny, the San Diego Aztec. This is a guy who all he did in 2017 was lead the nation with over 2,000 rushing yards. I know what you're saying, San Diego State. San Diego State, that's not a big school. Marshall Falk came out of San Diego State. This is Marshall Falk, June. You have to snap this guy up, Rashad Penny. You know, it's interesting because I don't buy into the Philadelphia Eagles needing a running back right now just because of the fact that they have talent, and I really, really like their undrafted rookie that they had, Corey Clements, who did a great job out of Wisconsin and in the Super Bowl was phenomenal. I think that the one-two punch with him and Jay Ajayi is good. I understand the future you have to look for, but I don't see the Super Bowl champions going for a running back in this moment at this time. I think that, you know, people might say there's not a lot of depth at running back, but I think that there's guys that you could get later on here in the draft and you can make it happen from there. I don't know they ha- I don't know if they have to go to that point right now. I wouldn't with the guys that I currently have. I would look at some other positions that maybe I could get better in, maybe I could boost myself up in a little bit and maybe I take a flyer at the end of the first round and I say, "You know what? He fell all the way to me. Nobody drafted him. Arguably he could be like in the 17th overall or right there in the middle. If I'm the Philadelphia Eagles, I don't need him, but it's great to have him." I'm going to take Calvin Ridley and make him the 32nd and final pick of the first round when people thought, oh my God, is this guy going to drop out of the first round? I'm taking Calvin Ridley. Mike's taking Rashad Penny, running back, and that is our mock draft for 2018. Mike, this was a lot of fun. Any other notes that you have on the draft before we round up everything here? No, it should be exciting. Uh, Look for me on TV. There's a great chance I'm going to be there. I managed to score some excellent passes to go to the Jacksonville tonight. I'll be in Jacksonville, so where I'm going to be positioned is I'm not going to be in the war room or nothing like that, but I'm I'm definitely up in the front, 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 and backstage, so I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be an excellent time, and, uh, you know, go to Hall of Fame Fantasy Football.com. Right now, I have my pre-draft list up there before these rookies have landed on these teams, and then I'm also going to have the post-draft 
rookie lists up there as we get geared up for the next season 2018 here in fantasy football. And again, that's Hall of Fame Fantasy that coming from Mike Sofka, Hall of Fame, FantasyFootball.com. Check him out, and you know that he's always with us here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, good friend, great person, and someone who knows what he's talking about when it comes to this wonderful world of football. Mike, it was fun to have the first-ever mock draft for the both of us. Couldn't pick a better person, so thank you for being a part of this and rolling with us. Let's hope that the people tonight are as smart as we have been today. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity, Dan. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. All right, man. I'll talk with you soon. That coming from Mike Sofka once again, and obviously I'm joking. I don't. Have, I'm not an ego guy saying, "Well, I hope they're as smart as me." That's obviously a joke, folks. But you know, I do. I do really hope that you know some of these things make sense and and pan out, and move forward here because I am excited about what could be with this draft. I'm. I'm. I'm like more excited about this draft than a lot of them. I was excited about last year because of one of the guys that I really wanted to get picked where he did, and he did, and that was Leonard Fournette to the Jaguars in the first round early on. So I look forward to the opportunity of seeing the draft tonight, and we are going to take a quick step aside before we round out the show. We gave you our mock draft. Now we'll give you a look through the looking glass in just a moment before we wrap things up here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. The Penn & Trophy Center on 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, has been making memories for Central New York for over 60 years. It has the trophies for your teams, and when you walk in there, it's so much more than just that. When you walk into the Penn & Trophy Center, you are immersed in the reality that anything can be customized, anything can be engraved, whether it's for your anniversary, your wedding, your bar mitzvah, your birthday party, whatever you want to do with that memory, that watch from grandpa, or that bracelet from mom, or that wedding ring that's been passed down through your family. If you want to get something engraved with a memory to last a lifetime, the Penn and Trophy Center, 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, where memories are made and where memories last a lifetime. This is Kira from Looking Glass Events, where we're always giving you a reason to celebrate. Whether you have a small business, large business, personal event, or a wedding, we are available to plan and coordinate your dream event to life. Every detail, every step, Looking Glass Events is working with you all the way. Call us at 315 315- 
315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events, giving you a reason to celebrate. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Without further ado, it is time to take a deeper look at a trending topic. And what other trending topic could it be than Avengers Infinity War, folks? Avengers Infinity War, the countdown clock is on superpowerpop.com. Click on the episode archive and you will see the countdown clock for Syracuse in Central New York. I wanted to bring it as close to home as I possibly could, so our countdown clock is on and it is happening and it's currently I'll t- I'll check it for you right now and tell you where it's at. The countdown clock is let's see where we're at here. It is currently at, go to superpoweredpop.com, click on episode archive, like I said. It is at 7 hours, 39 minutes, and just a few seconds. We are less than 8 hours from everything about to come to a screeching halt and change to come inside of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, folks. We are through the looking glass and deeper look at a trending topic proudly brought to you by Looking Glass Events is right here with the Avengers. It is a time, folks, where times are changing. Thanos is here. Hulk. Black Widow. Maybe Hawkeye. Ant-Man. The Wasp. Spider-Man. Iron Man. Thor. Black Panther, Okoye, the excitement, Vision, Doctor Strange, is here. How can you take on any other deeper look at a trending topic than the fact that Avengers Infinity War is on its way? The countdown clock is on superpowerpop.com. Back and make sure that you go to episode archive and check this out. At this moment, live, we are under seven hours and 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 forty minutes from everything changing in the MCU. And when you go to superpoweredpop.com and you click on episode archive to see the countdown ticker to Infinity War, do yourself a favor. And listen into what the fourth wall has to say. And then listen into some of those episodes that we have there. Episodes on The Walking Dead, Worlds Colliding, episodes, multiple episodes on the Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War, Where is the Soul Stone, Thanos, Background History, The Heroes, What Do We Think is Going to Happen, and so much more with the dude they call Eric Bunch and myself, Dan Tortora, and our brother show. Go check out Superpowered Pop. And have yourselves a phenomenal day. It's the day that the draft begins for 2018. You got your mock draft. It's the day that the Avengers and the world changes forever in the Marvel Cinematic Universe on that beautiful big screen. And that is today with Avengers Infinity War. Superpoweredpop.com and wakeupcalldt.com should have such an influx of people that we should be at our wits end of all the people that we take in. All the people that are there. You have such an amazing opportunity today to jump onto the draft. 
to jump onto Avengers Infinity War and to be on wakeupcalldt.com and listening and to be on superpoweredpop.com and listening as well. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your love. Thank you to the event planning company that you should trust in Central and Upstate New York. Call them now, 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653 for looking glass events. It is like Christmas morning. God bless y'all, and I will talk with you Friday morning. And I'll have a lot to say. Knowing moment of the week, significant sound bites, and so much more. I'm ecstatic, folks. Let's have some fun. And I'll be able to talk with you after Avengers and after the first round of the draft. Let's see what we got right. Let's see what we know. I predicted on both sides of this thing, and I am more than excited. God bless you all. Have a phenomenal day. Find us on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, at Call DT on Twitter, and on Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT. The world is about to change for these draft picks, and the world is about to change on the big screen. I can't wait.